shortstop batting eighth, and on the mound and pitching will be left-hander Mike Kekich. Kekich with a record of one win and one loss. He won his last ball game. We'll be back here at Yankee Stadium, but right now we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Mike Kekich, the starting pitcher for the Yankees. And Dick Drago will be on the mound for the Kansas City Royals. Both men have even records. Kekich is one and one. Drago is three and three. And uh, this year, neither man has faced the opposition because this is only a second ball game between these two clubs. The first game last night. Lifetime, Drago is 14 and 16. And Kekich is seven and 18. Against the Yankees, Drago is one and one lifetime. And Kekich has a record of 0 and 1. Mike Kekich picked up his first win of the season in his last ball game, and that was Friday night as he bested Jim Perry of the Minnesota Twins, which is a good man to bet. Yankees won that ball game 4-2 for their first victory in two years at Minnesota, and Mike Kekich was the winning pitcher. He only went five and a third innings. He allowed two runs on five hits. Lindy McDaniel went the last three and two-thirds innings without allowing a run and saved the game for Mike Kekich. Kekich has been like the little girl with the curl. When he's good, he's very, very good. And when he's bad, well, he's been having his trouble. But when he is good, he's as tough a pitcher as there is around. And when we say good, basically we mean when he has control because he has all the stuff. He pitched two one-hitters in the National League, one of those against the New York Mets, and had no hitters going into the seventh inning on both occasions. However, Kekich, in his lifetime, still has only won seven ball games. Now, in all fairness, though, this year he was going great in spring training. First start of the season, he pulled a hamstring muscle here against Cleveland. He was out for more than 21 days. And then when he came back, he was used in relief out on the West Coast and was hit pretty hard. However, his last two starts, one at Cleveland, in which he looked pretty impressive, was not involved in the decision. And his last game Friday night, he looked as if uh, he may be regaining the form that he had in spring training. Right now, the umpires are making their appearance here at Yankee Stadium. And we'll use the opportunity to run down the scoreboard for you. Chicago playing at Washington. They've been delayed because of rain. Tommy John and Joe Coleman Jr. in that one. Delayed because of rain. Chicago at Washington. Minnesota and Boston. The warm-up pitchers. Siebert against Zepp. Baltimore and Oakland will be much later. Cleveland at Milwaukee later. And uh, what a night for Craig Nettles last night. He had three home runs in that doubleheader. Detroit will be at California for a night game. And that will be much later. In the National League, the Mets and the Braves postponed because of rain. The field has been underwater at Atlanta. They called that one up a long time ago. They called it off. Chicago beat Los Angeles 6-5 this afternoon for the Cubs, 6-13-3. And, and for the Dodgers, 5-9-1. The Cubs won it in the bottom half of the 11th inning. The winning pitcher was a Gary. His record is 3-0. And, oh, and the loser, Pena, his record is 3-1. San Francisco and St. Louis, a night game. Philadelphia Cincinnati is bumming against Nolan. Montreal at Houston later on, and San Diego at Pittsburgh has also been rained out. It's been raining all over the east, on and off. We mentioned the uh, game rained out down in Atlanta, uh, rained out at Pittsburgh. Uh, time has been called at Washington, and we had a rain shower here earlier. And right now, the New York Yankees take the field. The Yankees in second place in the American League Eastern Division. Yankees with a record of 27 wins and 23 losses, seven and a half games behind the Baltimore Orioles and two and a half games ahead of the third place Washington Senators. Washington won last night, as did Baltimore. However, the Detroit Tigers 
were defeated, so they fell another game behind the Yankees. The Yankees now three and a half games ahead of the Tigers. At Yankee Stadium, our national anthem. Just about set the baseball here at Yankee Stadium. Mike Kekich going to the mound for the New York Yankees. And right away tonight, he'll have to work to keep Pat Kelly off base. Kelly can certainly run. He's the brother of Leroy Kelly of the Cleveland Browns. He's very good at getting on base. And once he gets on, you will automatically have to watch and uh, prevent the steal. It's a gray overcast night with ominous-looking clouds overhead right at Yankee Stadium. But at the moment, there is no rain. And the fans are right down on the uh, box seats. Uh, getting set to hopefully enjoy the ball game tonight. Clouds moving very fast, and uh, the lights, of course, aren't here at Yankee Stadium, although there is still a considerable amount of daylight. So the formalities are out of the way, and we're all set for baseball. The Yankees and the Kansas City Royals, and here to tell you about it, Phil Rizzuto. All right, Robert, thank you very much. And let's get this out of the way right now. This program is authorized under rights granted by the New York Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience in any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the New York Yankees is prohibited. And a young man up there, I thought it was a mistake when I looked at the averages, Pat Kelly has 20 stolen bases. He and Tommy Harper have 20. They're one behind Bobby Bonds, who leads the majors with 21. Bobby with the San Francisco Giants. So Pat Kelly steps in a left-hand batter. First pitch by Kekich is inside as Kelly had run up as if to bunt ball one. And as Bob and Frank mentioned last night, Pat Kelly is the brother of the great Leroy Kelly. Great running back for the Cleveland Browns. I remember one time Bob Stenner tried to tackle Leroy Kelly, and that's how he got that bad knee. The pitch is right down the middle, strike ball, one on one.
The 1-1 pitch. On the outside corner. One ball, two strikes. Kelly is batting 267. Three doubles, two homers, and nine runs batted in. Joe Schultz, the coach at third. See, Danny Carnaval was at first last night. Curve, bounce to first base. Kato one-hands it, races to the bag. It's one out. Good man to keep off the bases, Pat Kelly. That brings up Jackie Hernandez. Hitting 233 with three doubles, a triple, a homer, five runs batted in. Mike Kekich, who picked up his first win of the year, his last time out against the Twins. Pitched by Mike, bluff one, and it's in there, strike one call. Getting a little cooler right now. Wind blowing those clouds away from the stadium. The one strike pitch, one attempt down third, but it's foul. He got a good jump on that ball. Jerry Kenny feels the ball in foul territory. 0 oh, 2. Hernandez back to the plate. The lights are on here at the stadium. It's still quite bright out. Early in the game last night, Bobby Mercer had trouble with a fly ball. When it's not quite dark here, between dusk and uh, darkness, you can lose balls at a hit high in the air. A swing and a miss, strike three. As Kekic fired the fastball by Hernandez. Two men out. And now Amos Otis. Hitting 287. Nine doubles, three triples, five homers, 18 runs batted in. And Otis has nine stolen bases. Otis's record on stolen bases is even more impressive when you realize he has not been thrown out. He has nine stolen bases in nine attempts. The pitch is high. Ball one. Pat Kelly now, on the other hand, has 20 stolen bases, but he's been thrown out 10 other times. So in 30 attempts, he's stolen 20 bases. Of course, Otis's record is even better. There's a bunt attempt fouled off and off the shin guard of Thurman Munson. One on one. Two out, nobody on, no score. We're in the top of the first. out nobody on big Bob Oliver on deck the windup and the changeup is line to left field this could be in the seat and white cannot get to it it hits the top of the railing and bounces in a home run for Amos Otis and Mike Keckett trying to get the changeup by Otis got it up a little too high and Otis drills home run number six it hit the top of the railing on the left field wall had White been able to get over there in time, he could have caught it, but it was more of a line drive, and Kansas City leads one to nothing. And that Amos Otis is really enjoying Yankee pitching here early in the season. 
So while we've seen of the trade the Royals made with the Mets, it looks like a good trade for the Royals, not only Otis, but also the way Bob Johnson pitched last night. Certainly does, and of course, Joey Foy is a tried and uh, tested ball player, though he has had a bad start this year. Bob Gamere mentioned that Amos Otis was three for four last night. This base hit now makes him four for five so far. Bob Oliver takes the pitch outside, ball one. Oliver's hitting 291, nine doubles, three triples, nine homers, and 35 runs batted in. The 1 0 pitch, swing and a miss, one one. If I remember rightly, Bob, in Minnesota, Kekas threw a lot of changeups. And though he was not touched for base hits, a lot of long fouls hit off him. Right, they got a hold of a couple of them. So he's been working on it. That's the first year he's thrown it. Really thrown it. Fastball a little high, two and one. The best part of a change of pace, it looks so inviting to the hitter that they'll swing at it no matter where it is. And if you make it too good, like that last pitch to Otis, then you're in trouble. Fastball, swing and a miss, strike two, two and two. Of course, on a night like this, there's nothing like getting the jump. Uh, it's always nice to get a jump at a ball game, but when there is a threat of rain, you like to get it even more so than usual. Right, Bob, because you figure could go just five innings and one run can be so important. Here's the 2-2 delivery. Swing and a miss, strike three. So Kekic gets two strikeouts in the inning, one hit and one run, the home of Iotis. Nobody left, and at the end of one half inning, it's Kansas City, one of the Yankees coming to bat. I'm Robert, the uh, roving reporter, looking for all the news that fits the print. Uh -huh. Welcome to Jim Schultz's Connectedy Chrysler Plymouth, where we have all the cars that fit your budget. Uh -huh. I've come to investigate this Man Bites Deal story that's going around. Uh -huh. It'll make a, a good story, so shoot. Yeah, okay. At uh, Jim Schultz's Connectedy Chrysler Plymouth, it only takes a minute for everybody to bite the best deal. Uh-huh. Duster at 2172. Right. There's more. Less $800 in trade. Got you. That makes 1372 total. Okay, I'll print that. Now, what does your competition say? That isn't fit to print. Minute, 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 minute. It only takes a minute to get a better deal. That's how we do it at Jim Schultz's Connectedy Chrysler Plymouth. Jim Schultz's Connectedy Chrysler Plymouth, 1016 State Street, Route 5. One minute from downtown Schenectady. One run in the top half of the first inning. Amos Otis's home run. It just barely made it. But a uh, home run is a home run, and it's one to nothing in favor of the Kansas City Royals. A line drive by Amos Otis. We might add, however, that he did have to hit it against the wind. The wind is blowing very hard and right out towards right field. You hit it to right field, you're going to be helped, especially if you get it up in the air. The ball Bluffery hit last night, if he hit it tonight, could be even further up because he hit it high. And uh, anything hit high and out towards right field, the right center will be helped. Anything else uh, towards left field will not be helped by the wind, and it might even be hurt a little bit. So Dick Drago has a one-run lead as we go to the bottom of the first, and here's Phil. All right, Drago has a 500 record this year. He's won three, lost three. First appearance against the Yankees this year. And lifetime against New York, one win and one defeat. Horace Clark hitting 268 steps in, eight doubles, two homers, 17 runs batted in. And now it is raining and raining hard. All of a sudden, the first pitch to Clark is strike one call. 
Carter come down real hard. The plate umpire George Maloney looking up. Wind is blowing hard. We'll see what they're going to do. The fans are really scurrying. There's a pitch low, one and one. With the wind blowing like this, they might let the game go a little while, hoping that it will blow the clouds away. Although it is coming down straight and hard right now. The one-one pitch on the outside corner, a ball and two strikes. So the way those clouds have moved in, you just get the impression that it's just a question of time before it rains too hard and they have to put the top back on. Incidentally, it was on the field earlier, so it won't be an easy task to cover the field. That thing is wet. And when it gets wet, it gets heavy. The pitch, a curve hit in the right field. That'll be a base hit. Dropping in front of Pat Kelly. And Clark hit that ball right off the end of the bat and dunks it in shallow right field. And time is now being called by George Maloney, and he's telling the ground crew to put the toppling on, and it's a good thing he did, and we hope they get it down in time. It is really coming down now. Bob Gamir with Phil Rizzuto and Frank Messer. The rain has stopped here at Yankee Stadium, and we're about to resume play. Horace Clark is on first base for the Yankees. It's one to nothing, Kansas City, on Amos Otis's home run. Jerry Kenny is the batter, no count on him, and here's Phil. All right, Bob. Though the delay was not too long, the pitch to Kenny almost hits him as I saw a bolt of lightning beyond the scoreboard in right center. A jagged streak of lightning that cut through the night. Sound like a poet, don't I? <laughs> that might be the last bit of poetic justice you'll hear if another bolt comes. Throw to first base and Clark is back. 20-minute delay, says Bob Fischel. Nobody out. Yankees trailing one nothing. bottom of the first. The stretch and the pitch foul. Back and in the press box. And let's see. Maury Allen got it after a couple of bounces. Was not fielded cleanly. Maury Allen, by the way, is the official scorer. How I love giving him an error. Frank Messer has given him an error. I'll still give Maury Allen an error. One-on-one on Kenny. In at third base is Bob Oliver. Clark leads the pitch. Line at center field, a base hit. Otis up with the ball. Clark rounds second and then comes back. And Jerry Kenny really butcher boy a high fastball. So he has three for three his last three official times at bat. And the Yankees with runners at first and second. Nobody out. And the batter, Bobby Mercer. He and Lefrey have been the hitting stars against this club. Lefrey had the home run, but in addition to the three hits that Kenny has had, he also walked and he got a sacrifice fly last night, and there's another bolt of lightning. Let's hope that's going away from the ballpark. It looks at least the wind is blowing everything away from the park. Bobby Mercer batting 236. Six doubles, six homers, 21 runs batted in. Oliver still in at third. Deep at first is Joe Keel. Pitch to Bobby, a curve hit deep, but foul way back in the upper deck. A hanging curveball that Bobby Mercer really jumped at. A lot of sand has been dumped around the home plate area and the pitcher's box. And about one-third of the way down the first baseline where a little rain seeped in. But the ground crew, headed by Jimmy Esposito, did a great job getting the toppling down. The pitch outside, and it's one and one Rain has cooled things off quite a bit. 
On deck, Roy White. One-on-one to Bobby Mercer. The stretch. The pitch. Swing and a miss. And Bobby was trying to go to left field on that one. One ball, two strikes. Now, Bobby has an important job to do right here. He's got to move those runners along if he doesn't come through with a base hit or a base on balls. And the manager knows, and Bobby knows that's his job. If he can pull a ground ball to the right side of the infield. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And that's what Drago wanted to do and not what Bobby wanted to do. Big strikeout for the big right-hander. One out, and here's Roy White. Roy batting 326. 15 doubles, a triple, seven homers, and 35 runs batted in. So that was a big play. Had Bobby been able to hit the ball on the ground, would have moved the runners up where they'd be in real good scoring position with only one out. The pitch to White. Foul back on the screen, strike one. Yankees with good speed on the bases and at home plate. Clark at second, Kenny at first, White the batter. One nothing, Kansas City leads on the home run by Amos Otis. Runners lead off first and second. Fastball foul back upstairs out of play. Two quick strikes on Roy White. And on deck, Danny Cater. Dick Hauser coaching at third. Elston Howard at first for the Yankees. First two Yankees up single, Clark and Kenny. Mercer was struck out. Stretch by Drago. Just outside. Just missed the corner. A ball and two strikes. After those first two hits, Phil, they got up Tom Bergmeyer, whom they've just recalled from Omaha. And he's warming up in the bullpen. But Drago settled down. He got Mercer out. Now he's one and two. All right. Big hitter up there for Drago. The pitch. High fly ball to right center, but Otis will have no trouble. Clark is tagging up. Otis makes the catch. The throw as Clark goes into third. Cut off by Hernandez. Harrison at third, holding at first Kenny. That would have tied up the score had Mercer been able to move the runners up. But now it's two out runners at first and third in the batter, Danny Cater. Danny batting 312, 14 doubles, three triples, three homers, 36 runs batted in. Ellie Rodriguez, the catcher. Oliver moves back now. First time he's been deep at third base in this first inning. Kenny at first, clock at third. Danny Cato leads the Yankees in uh, runs batted in with 36. One more than Roy White. On deck, Kurt Bleffrey. The pitch to Cater, a curve outside, ball one. They play Danny straight away. He hits all fields. Keogh holds the bag against Kenny. The stretch. The pitch, a ground ball hits a short. Hernandez, big hop, throws to second for the fourth. Oh! 
the fourth play on Kenny, and he almost juggled that ball, the second baseman, but they got him. And for the Yankees, no runs, two hits, no errors, two men left. And at the end of one full inning, it's Kansas City, one and the Yankees, nothing. Maybe you don't want to give away your age, but you can probably remember the days when you phoned a grocery store with your food list and they delivered. When bicycles were bought, all assembled. When doctors made house calls. Sound good? Well, every time you get a yearning for old-fashioned service again, drive to your nearest Atlantic station and buy gasoline. Then watch them go to work with all their great little extras. You know, like cleaning the windshield, checking the oil level, the radiator, the battery. All free services. And you'll enjoy the way they look out for your well-being in other ways, too. If replacements are required, the Atlantic men do it with top-flight replacement brands. And it's all done effortlessly and in good spirits. Now, please understand this isn't a knock at modern self-service, but you have to admit, you'll enjoy a little old-fashioned Atlantic pampering, too. Back here at Yankee Stadium, it's a one-nothing ball game after one complete inning. The Yankees had two base hits, the leadoff men, Clark and Kenny, but they were unable to bring them around. Amos Otis has had a home run for Kansas City. That was before we had the rain delay. After Horace Clark got a single in the bottom of the first, we had a rain delay of 20 minutes, and Jimmy Esposito and the ground crew here at Yankee Stadium did a fantastic job. They had a handle of wet tarpaulin. The tarpaulin had been on the playing field prior to the start of the game. Neither team took batting practice tonight because we had a huge thunder shower around 5.30 and we had another very heavy thunder shower and as it was pouring rain, they managed to get that heavy toppling on and they absolutely saved the infield. So it's still one nothing. Kansas City leading as we go now to the top half of the second inning. Now Mike Kekic will see whether he has it or not after the rain delay. Certainly Drago did not appear to be uh, hurt by the rain delay on his part. He came back, gave up that one solid single but then he got the heart of the Yankee batting order, Bobby Mercer, Roy White, and Danny Cater, and that wound up the first inning. The throw from Thurman Munson goes down to Horace Clark. We're ready for the top half of the second inning, and here's Phil Rizzuto. Okay, Robert, and coming up to bat, Lou Pinella. Now, what a year he's having. Batting 349. Six doubles, five homers, 24 runs batted in. And Kansas City leading 1-0 in the top of the second. So Mike Hekic gets ready out on the mound. They play Pinella deep. Roy White deep in left. Bleffrey is deep in right field, and Pinella's a right-hand batter. Said it had rain, uh, the wind not blowing nearly as hard as it had been. The pitch is outside, ball one. But it has cooled things off. Package rocks back. Fastball is low, ball two, two and nothing. It's raining a little bit right now, Phil, but not nearly as hard as it was before. And now the fans start to move back from the box seats again. We may get some more. The 2-0 pitch. Check swing, but it's over. One ball, rather two balls and one strike. Pinella's another one of those ball players when uh, he takes a pitch that he figures he should have swung at or he's when he threw to the wrong base last night, he looks up in the air, and I don't know what he's looking for. He's liable to find it, though. The 2-1 pitch on the outside corner, 2-2. Two two. 
Nobody out and nobody on. And the fans are scattering again as the rain starts down. Two balls, two strikes. On deck, Joe Keogh. Pitch to Pinella. Swing and a miss. And I want to tell you, this package is as fast tonight as we've ever seen him. That's three strikeouts for Mike. And he has thrown that fastball by Hernandez, by Bob Oliver, and now by Lou Pinella. And here's Joe Keogh. First baseman hitting 324. Two doubles, a triple, four homers, and 13 runs batted in. He's talking about Pat Kelly being the brother of Leroy Kelly. Joe Keogh is the brother of Marty Keogh, who was in the big leagues for quite a few years with the Red Sox in Cincinnati. One strike on the left-hand batter. One out, Kekic ready. His curve is taken as Keo has ready to bunt the ball, but it broke outside and low, one and one. One out, nobody on. One to nothing, Kansas City leading in the top of the second. Rain's still coming down, but it's uh, steady, but not too hard. Curve forces Keo back at two balls and a strike. The 2-1 pitch. Swing and a foul upstairs and out of play. 2-2. Two two. You heard the applause. A fine catch by a fan in the upper deck. And now Kekic wants a new baseball. George Maloney flips one out to him. Count is even at 2-2. Two and two. Kansas City leading 1-0. Kekic winds his pitch high and tight ball three, three and two. So Kekic ready for the payoff pitch. Here it is, and a ground ball up the middle, and one-handed by Michael, a throw, low but in time, and they got him. Oh, holy cow, what a play by Michael. That ball was by him, and Gene reached out in back of him, caught the ball off balance, threw it on one hop to Danny Cater, and they nipped the speedy Joe Keel. So Gene Michael, who made that great defensive play last night to help save the game for the Yankees, comes up with a gem here. Beautiful play by Gene. Two out. And now Dick Severson. Spelled S-E-V-E-R-S-O-N. A foul back and out of play. Dick doing a little moonlighting. A lot of people think it's, it's, it's the band leader that plays for Johnny Carson. I know Bob Demir and I thought it was. Two out. The pitch to the right-hand batter is high, one and one. Rain has let up a little bit, still coming down.
The 1-1 delivery, a curve in there. One ball, two strikes. Good curve by Mike Hecker. Another curve, this one is high, two and two. Now the two-two delivery. Foul upstairs and out of play. Two balls, two strikes, two out. Kansas City in front, one nothing on the home of Iotas. Mike Reddy, fastball hit out in the right field. Coming on, Bleffrey's going to play it on one hop. And a base hit for Dick Severson, the opposite field single. That'll bring up Ellie Rodriguez. Ellie had himself a couple of base hits last night. He's batting 268. Five doubles, a triple, a homer, and six runs batted in. Phil, did you hear about the Yankee fan we have here tonight who came all the way from Georgia, believe it or not, for this ball game? I heard something about it, and uh, I met the young man. Jackie Farrell introduced him to me. Nice kid, Daryl Huckabee. Uh, he's just outside of Atlanta. Porterdale, Georgia. The pitch, check swing, it's in there, strike four. This fellow graduated from high school yesterday or the day before, and he and his father drove straight through to come to Yankee Stadium so he could see a ball game, and he's going back after the game. Well, let's hope this one doesn't get rained out so he can see it. I, um, he said he was listening to the game last night and got quite excited. Swing and a miss, strike two, 0-2. Oh of course, if you've been listening to Yankee games all year, that's all they've been. Exciting ball game. Nothing and two, two out. Yankees trailing one nothing in the top of the second. Kekish delivers, it's popped up. Gene Michael at shortstop, right near the bag. Makes the catch. For Kansas City, no runs, a base hit, no errors, a man left. And at the end of an inning and a half, it's Kansas City won, the Yankees nothing. Brazilian Power Dance in celebration of the Brazilian Power Sale at your Atlantic service stations. Import a Brazilian Batos in an elegant Jack Card Whip for only $1.29. <laughs> oh, and the Pistol for only $2.99. And get this, amigo, when you buy the Batman for only $2.49, you get a hand towel free. Yay, yay, yay. Each towel comes in avocado or gold. You can get one with every purchase of gasoline at a participating Atlantic station. Pretty soon, you'll have enough for your own Brazilian towel dance. Oh, you don't know how? It's simple. You dance to the rhythm of drying your back with a towel. No purchase required in New Jersey. Get the Atlantic station. Ready for the bottom half of the second inning. Dick Drago going back out on the mound to the Kansas City Royals. We had a rain delay of 20 minutes with the Yankees batting in the bottom half of the first inning. It is now raining uh, very steadily here at Yankee Stadium. Nothing like it was coming down in the thunderstorm that we had earlier, but it's raining pretty 
pretty hard. And most of you people in and around the New York area and even up in New York State know what it's been for the latter part of the day today in the early evening. Rain and then it'll clear off and then rain again. And that's what we've been having. We've had two thunderstorms going back to 5.30. And right now, well, I'd say it's raining pretty hard. And uh, the umpires could at any moment turn around and call timeout. It's one to nothing on an Amos Otis home run. Look at Amos out there in center field throwing the ball around. There's lightning over his head back beyond the bleachers. And Amos, of course, don't want him to call time because he hit the home run. He doesn't want him to call timeout. And then again, he doesn't want to get hit by lightning either, does he, sir? Uh, no, everybody or anybody hates to lose a home run, but they'd rather lose a home run than get struck by lightning. Because I've been around when that happened. You know, this Fluffery, he says he's 32 games ahead of last year's home run pace. Did you hear that? Last year, he didn't hit his first home run till the 82nd game that he played with Houston. And he has hit his first home run here in the 50th game played by the Yankees, so he's 32 games ahead of last year's home run pace. Whatever Bluffery hit last year. He takes a pitch low ball one. Well, let's see how many home runs Bluffery hit. He still insists that he's going to lead the Yankees in home runs. He's got a good chance if he gets hot. The 1-0 pitch, low ball two, two and nothing. Just found the figures. He had 12 home runs last year. Oh, home runs. All right. So it took him 82 games to hit one. And then another 80 games to hit 11. But, of course, Harry Walker did change his stance. That's a pitch outside. Nine, three and all. Oh. He got him to hit to left field. And that Astro Dome is a tough place to hit home runs. But once Kurt gets the range here, he can get hot. And in one week hit his 12 home runs that he took all year to hit. There's the strike. Now, last night, Bleffrey hit a 3-0 pitch for the home run. So it's kind of surprising not to see him uh, swinging again. Here's the 3-1 delivery. Swinging a foul back, and he had a good cut of that one. Kurt was saying that for him to swing a 3-0, it has to be on the inside part of the plate. He, even if he has the go-ahead sign, he would want the ball on the inside part of the plate before he would cut at a 3-0 uh, pitch. I said the way he stands, he almost has to have that ball on the inside part of the plate if he wants to pull. Here's the payoff pitch. Foul back. Look out. Boom. Right back in the press box again. Full count. One and nothing. Kansas City out in front. It'll be Bluffery, Munson, and Michael. Drago Wines, the payoff pitch. Odd oh, ground ball and nice play by the second baseman Severson throws Bluffrey out, but Kurt, who hit three shots last night, two of them caught, won the home run, hit a one-hot bullet to the second baseman tonight. So that's gonna make him feel better. One out now, Thurman Munster. Thurman hitting 257, has eight doubles, two triples, and 15 runs batted in. Munson, who got off to a real shaky start, both in hitting and fielding, has settled down in both spots now. Hitting much better, fielding much better. Should say catching. Drago Wines, pitch to Munson is, no, it's not low. It's uh, just about knee high, strike one. Now Thurman steps back. One out on deck, Gene Michael. Drago, big right-handed kicks, delivers the curve, swing and a miss. 
0-2, and that pitch had broken out of the strike zone. Two quick strikes on Thurman Munson. Mets were rained out down in Atlanta. Rained out very early. They had rain all day there. Now the two-strike pitch. Fastball right down the middle, and man, did he cross Munson up. Thurman looking for a breaking pitch right there. Two out, and right now we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. We're going to interrupt our uh, presentation of the Yankee-Kansas City game in order to join the NBC network for President Nixon's address to the nation on Cambodia, Vietnam, and the situation in the East. Immediately following the President's address and the presentation from the network, we'll rejoin the Yankees and Kansas City at Yankee Stadium. So stay right where you are. You'll hear the President's address, and then following that, uh, we'll go back to the ball game. As you know, Kansas City leads. We'll bring you up to date on what happens uh, while you're away before we rejoin the ball game. All of this yours on WGY Schenectady, New York. It's now 9 o'clock. This is NBC News. President Nixon gives an interim report on the war in Indochina. This is Carl Stern, NBC News, Washington. From the White House, President Nixon is about to deliver a brief interim report on American operations in Cambodia and Vietnam. Aides declined to guarantee anything special would be announced, although the president received a high-level military briefing Sunday. Mr. Nixon is anxious to blunt Senate criticism of the Cambodian action. His supporters today were unable to soften a Senate resolution which would cut off money for any future U.S. forays into Cambodia. Here now is the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. One month ago, I announced the decision ordering American participation with South Vietnamese forces in a series of operations against communist-occupied areas in Cambodia, which have been used for five years as bases for attacks on our forces in South Vietnam. This past weekend in the Western White House in California, I met with Secretary Laird, General Abrams, and other senior advisors to receive a first-hand report on the progress of this operation. Based on General Abrams' report, I can now state that this has been the most successful operation of this long and very difficult war. Before going into the details which form the basis for this conclusion, I believe it would be helpful to review briefly why I considered it necessary to make this decision, what our objectives were, and the prospects for achieving those objectives. You will recall that on April 20th, I announced the withdrawal of an additional 150,000 American troops from Vietnam within a year, which will bring the total number withdrawn since I have taken office to 260,000. I also reaffirmed on that occasion our proposals for a negotiated peace. At the time of this announcement, I warned that if the enemy tried to take advantage of our withdrawal program, by increased attacks in Cambodia, Laos, or South Vietnam in a way that endangered the lives of our men remaining in South Vietnam, that I would, 
in my capacity as Commander-in-Chief of our Armed Forces, take strong action to deal with that threat. Between April 20th and April 30th, Communist forces launched a series of attacks against a number of key cities in neutral Cambodia. Their objective was unmistakable, to link together bases they had maintained in Cambodia for five years in violation of Cambodian neutrality. The entire 600-mile Cambodian-South Vietnam border would then have become one continuous hostile territory from which to launch assaults upon American and Allied forces. This posed an unacceptable threat to our remaining forces in South Vietnam. It would have meant higher casualties. It would have jeopardized our program for troop withdrawals. It would have meant a longer war. And carried out in the face of an explicit warning from this government, failure to deal with the enemy action would have eroded the credibility of the United States before the entire world. After very intensive consultations with my top advisors, I directed that American troops join the South Vietnamese in destroying these major enemy bases along the Cambodian frontier. I said when I made this announcement, our purpose is not to occupy these areas. Once the enemy forces are driven out of the sanctuaries and once their supplies are destroyed, we will withdraw. That pledge is being kept. I said further on that occasion, we take this action not for the purpose of expanding the war into Cambodia, but for the purpose of ending the war in Vietnam. That purpose is being advanced. As of today, I can report that all of our major military objectives have been achieved. 43,000 South Vietnamese took part in these operations along with 31,000 Americans. Our combined forces have moved with greater speed and success than we had planned. We have captured and destroyed far more in war material than we anticipated. And American and Allied casualties have been far lower than we expected. In the month of May, in Cambodia alone, we captured a total amount of enemy arms, equipment, ammunition, and food, nearly equal to what we captured in all of Vietnam in all of last year. Here is some film of the war material that has been captured. This is some ammunition you see. We've captured more than 10 million rounds of ammunition. That's equal to the enemy's expenditures of ammunition for nine months. And here also, you see a few of the over 15,000 rifles and machine guns and other weapons we've captured. They will never be used against American boys in Vietnam. This reality was brought home directly to me a few days ago. I was talking with the union leader from New York. His son died in Vietnam this past February. He told me that had we moved earlier in Cambodia, we might have captured the enemy weapon that killed his son. And now you're looking at some of the heavy mortars and rocket launchers and recoilless rifles that have shelled U.S. base camps in Vietnamese towns. We've seized over 2,000 of these, along with 90,000 rounds of ammunition. That's as much as the enemy fires in a whole year. Had this war material made its way into South Vietnam, and had it been used against American and Allied troops, U.S. casualties would have been vastly increased. 
And here you see rice, 11 million pounds of rice we have obtained. This is more than enough rice to feed all the enemy's combat battalions in Vietnam for over three months. But this rice you see will not be feeding enemy troops now, rather the war refugees you saw a moment ago. Now with the rainy season now beginning, it will take the enemy months to rebuild his shattered installations and to replace the equipment we have captured or destroyed. The success of these operations to date has guaranteed that the June 30 deadline I set for withdrawal of all American forces from Cambodia will be met. General Abrams advises me that 17,000 of the 31,000 Americans who entered Cambodia have already returned to Vietnam. The remainder will return by the end of this month. This includes all American air support, logistics, and military advisor personnel. The only remaining American activity in Cambodia after July 1st will be air missions to interdict the movement of enemy troops and material where I find that is necessary to protect the lives and security of our men in South Vietnam. Our discussions with the South Vietnamese government indicate that their primary objective remains the security of South Vietnam and that their activity in Cambodia in the future after their withdrawal from the sanctuaries will be determined by the actions of the enemy in Cambodia. When this operation was announced, the critics charged that it would increase American casualties, that it would widen the war, that it would lengthen our involvement, that it might postpone troop patrols. But the operation was undertaken for precisely the opposite reasons and it has had precisely the opposite effect. Let us examine the long-range impact of this operation. First, we have eliminated an immediate danger to the security of the remaining Americans in Vietnam, and thereby reduced our future casualties. Seizing these weapons and ammunition will save American lives. Because of this operation, American soldiers who might not otherwise be ever coming home, will now be coming home. Second, we won some precious time for the South Vietnamese to train and prepare themselves to carry the burden of their national defense so that our American forces can be withdrawn. From General Abrams' reports and from our advisors in the field, one of the most dramatic and heartening developments of the operation has been the splendid performance of the South Vietnamese Army. Sixty percent of all the troops involved in the Cambodian operations were South Vietnamese. The effectiveness, the skill, the valor with which they fought far exceeded our expectations. Confidence and morale in the South Vietnamese Army has been greatly bolstered. This operation has clearly demonstrated that our Vietnamization program is succeeding. And third, we have ensured the continuance and success of our troop withdrawal program. On April 20, I announced an additional 150,000 Americans would be home within a year. As a result of the success of the Cambodian operations, Secretary Laird has resumed the withdrawal of American forces from Vietnam. 50,000 of the 150,000 I announced on April 20 will now be out on October 15. As long as the war goes on, 
we can expect some setbacks and some reversals. But Watch following the, the success of this act, meeting Sunday, we can say now with confidence that we will keep our timetable for troop patrols. Secretary Rogers and I have been particularly encouraged by the resolve of 11 Asian countries at the Jakarta Conference to seek a solution to the problem of Cambodia. Cambodia offers an opportunity for these 11 Asian nations, as well as other countries of the area, to cooperate in supporting the Cambodian government's effort to maintain Cambodia's neutrality, its independence, and its territorial integrity. We shall do what we can to make it possible for these Asian initiatives to succeed. To the North Vietnamese tonight, I say again, the door to a negotiated peace remains wide open. Every offer we have made at the conference table, publicly or privately, I herewith reaffirm. We are ready to negotiate whenever they are ready to negotiate. However, if their answer to our troop withdrawal program and to our offer to negotiate is to increase their attacks in a way that jeopardizes the safety of the remaining forces in Vietnam, I shall, as my action five weeks ago clearly demonstrated, take strong and effective measures to deal with that situation. As all of you know, when I first announced the decision of Cambodia, it was subjected to an unprecedented barrage of criticism in this country. I want to express tonight my deep appreciation to the millions of Americans who supported me then and who have supported me since in our efforts to win a just peace. But I also understand the deep divisions in this country over the war. I realize that many Americans are deeply troubled. They want peace. They want to bring the boys home. Let us understand once and for all that no group, no group has a monopoly on those concerns. Every American shares those desires. I share them very deeply. Our differences are over the best means to achieve a just peace. As president, I have a responsibility to listen to those in this country who disagree with my policies. But I also have a solemn obligation to make the hard decisions which I find are necessary to protect the lives of 400,000 American men remaining in Vietnam. When I spoke to you a month ago, a clear threat was emerging in Cambodia to the security of our men in Vietnam. Ask yourselves this question. If an American president had failed to meet this threat to 400,000 American men in Vietnam, would those nations and peoples who rely on America's power and treaty commitments for their security in Latin America, Europe, the Mideast, other parts of Asia, retain any confidence in the United States? That is why I deeply believe that a just peace in Vietnam is essential if there is to be a lasting peace in other parts of the world. 
With this announcement tonight, we have kept the pledge I made when I ordered this operation that we would withdraw from Cambodia on a scheduled timetable. Just as this administration has kept every pledge it has made to the American people regarding the war in Vietnam and the return of American troops. Let's look at the record. In June of 1969, I pledged a withdrawal of 25,000 troops. They came home. In September of the same year, I said I would bring home an additional 35,000. They came home. In December, I said an additional 50,000 Americans were coming out of Vietnam. They, too, have come home. There is one commitment yet to be fulfilled. I pledge to end this war, and I shall keep that promise. But I am determined to end the war in a way that will promote peace rather than conflict throughout the world. I am determined to end it in a way that will bring an era of reconciliation to our people and not an era of furious recrimination. In seeking peace, let us remember that at this time, only this administration can end this war and bring peace. We have a program for peace, and the greater the support the administration receives in its efforts, the greater the opportunity to win that just peace we all desire. Peace is the goal that unites us. Peace is the goal toward which we are working. And peace is the goal this government will pursue until the day we reach it. Thank you and good night. And so President Nixon has described the Cambodian operation as the most successful of the Vietnam War. He said all major military objectives have been achieved, but the amount of enemy supplies captured just in May was equal to what had been seized in a year in South Vietnam. On the other hand, he downplayed earlier estimates that what was captured would set back the enemy six months or more. The president reported that 17,000 of the 31,000 American troops sent to Cambodia have left now. He made it clear, however, that U.S. air action against enemy supply and troop movements in Cambodia will continue past the end of the month, an announcement which may clash with the Senate's apparent wish the U.S. action there cease after June 30th. Significantly, he did not attempt to place any limitations on South Vietnamese action in Cambodia. The president said another 50,000 Americans will come home from Vietnam by October 15th, as promised, although that number reflects a slightly slower pace of withdrawal. You're listening to NBC News. This is WGY in Schenectady, New York. We're set now, just about to go back to Yankee Stadium and resume the ball game. We'll bring you up to date on what happened uh, when we left you for the uh, president's address. It was in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, with two out, nobody on. Michaels bounced out second to first to end the inning. In the top of the third, Drago was up first for Kansas City. He struck out swinging. Leadoff man Kelly bounced out pitcher to first. And Hernandez bounced out short to first, a 1-2-3 inning for Kekic. In the bottom of the third inning, Kekic was up first, and he struck out swinging. Clark beat out a roller to uh, deep second base. Jerry Kenny bounced out to first base with uh, Clark going to second. Bobby Mercer is at the plate right now in the bottom of the third.
There's four little uh, Yankee good kids behind home plate with Yankee helmets on. Big sign up there. Bobby Mercer sign. Three balls, two strikes, two outs. The stretch, the payoff pitch, foul down the left field line, back in the seats, out of play. That one in the upper deck. Oh, it's still three and two. Merce has gotten some good wood on the ball against Drago. His first time up, he hit one way back to the right field. That time he hit that one pretty well down the left field line, but he's got to be able to straighten one out. All right. He's getting a lot of mail. A lot of people were quite upset when they read about the possible trade with Bobby Mercer and Mike Epstein. And I know they're happy to hear that uh, there was no such thing even contemplated. Round ball, base hit the right field. It should tie it up, clock around third. The throw to the plate, not in time. And going to second base, Bobby Mercer. The ball game is tied up 1-1. <laughs> and that was a lot closer at home plate than I would like to see. What a throw. I think it was such a good throw by Pat Kelly that it surprised Ellie Rodriguez, who didn't even try to tag Horace Clark. Had Rodriguez been aware of how close that play would have been, he could have blocked the plate on Clark. And just as he would have caught the ball, Clark would have run into him. Now, whether he'd have held on to it or not, I don't know. But, man, that Kelly threw that throw. He threw that ball. Morris didn't slide either. He just went right across home plate, and it was just like a split second before Rodriguez turned around. But it's all tied up, and on a night like this, that's a big run. Absolutely. So Bobby Mercer comes through with a clutch single, his 22nd RBI. Roy White takes a pitch high, ball one. And Bobby, with good heads-up base running, is down at second. I tell you, that Kelly has got some arms. But that ball was hit on the ground, and it was wet, and the grass slowed it up, and he's still on Horace Clark, one of the Yankees' fastest runners, made it close. Outside, ball two, two and nothing. What you said about the track being slow, I think, was true there. I was watching Horace, and he was sort of pigeon-toeing it around third base. That's right. You know, I watched him, too, and he kind of slowed up, afraid he might slip or something. All right, we'll watch Bobby Mercer now at second. Two and all the count on White. Curve in there, two and one. A good change-up curveball. Two men are out. It's all tied, one-one. On deck, Danny Cater. Roy White, switch hitter, batting left. Stretch by Drago. Curve low this time, three and one, and now he's using the same pattern he used on Bobby Mercer. Off-speed breaking pitches. But then when he came in with the fastball to Bobby, Bobby drilled it to right field to drive in Clark. Three and one the count on Roy White. Let's see if he comes in with that fastball as he did to Mercer. Here's the pitch. He does, and a base hit the right field. Kelly's up with this one. Mercer's coming in to score the throw. Not in time and a great throw again. But White held at first this time and the Yankees lead two to one. Boy, that Kelly's got some kind of an arm, I tell you. He has thrown two strikes to the plate. That time Mercer came around third a little better than Horace Clark. But Roy White stayed at first base. Not only that, but he gets rid of the ball very fast. He knows soon to pick that ball up. It was all in one motion, and the ball was on its way to home plate. He had a run over towards the line to get that one. So actually, he had no real good shot at Mercer. He threw it as well as he could, and he still couldn't get him. And uh, he did. Here's Danny Cater. So Roy White gets his first hit of the series, and a big one for White, his 62nd hit of the year. 
tying him with Danny Cater for the lead in that department. Danny gets away from an inside fastball, ball one. Cater bounces short his first time up. The stands now still, this also changes what is a, a complete game in the rain. Now with the home team ahead, you only have to play four and a half innings. All right, and the rain is starting again. It has stopped completely there for a while. Stretch by Drago. White leads away. Pitch to Cater. Swing and a miss. One of one. Two men out. And the Yankees picked up two clutch base hits with two outs. One by Mercer driving in clock and one by White driving in Bobby Mercer. Mm. On deck, Kurt Blefford. And the rain is coming down hard again. Drago said, fastball swing and a miss. One ball, two strikes. You know, a lot of fans might say, why don't the Yankees make out and get out there and get the four and a half innings in? We saw that happen down in Washington. <laughs> Bill Ortega was pitching. He had about a six-run lead. I have six or seven-run lead. And he was just trying to lob the ball over and get the side out. A slow bounce to the third. If it stays fair, it's a base hit. It kicks foul. So Cater will have to come back. And before Ortega could get back in his rhythm, the Yankees had tied the score, went on to win the game. And Washington was making out as quickly as they could. Oh, boy, that is embarrassing. Ralph Howe still says one of the toughest losses he ever suffered as the Yankee manager was the game up in Boston that Stolomeyer was pitching in the rain. The Yankees had led, but in that case, the umpires just wouldn't call it, and it would rain and stop, rain and stop. And eventually the Yankees blew a big lead in that ball game. It was an eight-run lead, Sandy Alpatelson. Ah, oh, I remember that very well. Oh. All right, it's one ball, two strikes on Danny Cater, two outs. White at first, the Yankees lead two to one. Now the rain has let up a little bit. It's going to be one of those nights. Roy White leads off first. Drago sets his pitch is fouled on the right field line, out of play. RBI for White ties him with Cater. Now they each have 36 RBIs and they each have 62 base hits. Statistically very, very close in just about all departments. Pitch, ground ball, hit hard. The shortstop up with it. Hernandez throws to Severson for the force play. They get Danny Cater, but the Yankees pick up two runs on three hits. No errors and a man left. And at the end of three full innings, it's the Yankees 2 and Kansas City 1. Quick look at the scoreboard. Washington with four runs in the bottom of the fourth lead. The White Sox 4-3 to three at the end of five. John against Coleman. Baltimore at Oakland. Later on, Minnesota at Boston. Postponed rain. Cleveland at Milwaukee. The Indians scored three in the top of the first. Milwaukee batting. Hand against Krause. Duke Sims got his eighth of the year in the first with two on. Detroit at California later on. And the National League, the Mets at Atlanta postponed rain, as was San Diego at Pittsburgh. At the end of two and a half, it's Cincinnati two and the Phillies two, bunning against Nolan. Taylor and Doyle have home in that game. Montreal nothing, Houston nothing into two and a half. Baylor Moore against Billingham. In 11 innings, the Cubs beat the Dodgers 6-5. Aguirre the winner and Pena the loser. The Giants scored three in the top of the first Cardinals batting. Robertson against Gibson. 
And those are the only games scheduled here. It's two to one in favor of the Yankees. We get ready for the top of the fourth and all set to carry you along. Bob Gamir. Thank you, Phil. And Amos Otis, who has accounted for the one royal run so far in this ball game, will be stepping up. And with that home run in the first inning, he now has an eight-game hitting streak. He's also had 12 hits in his last 29 at-bats, and that's better than a 400 average. So Amos Otis, the former Mets, stepping in. And what a year he's been having. We mentioned earlier Bob Johnson, the other element in that trade, is that Joe Foy pitched a fine game last night, but was beaten by Fritz Peterson 3-2. So Amos Otis steps in. The Yankees lead 2-1 to one among the raindrops here at Yankee Stadium. Amos Otis, the batter. The windup by Mike Kekich. He delivers. Swinging the ground ball. A comebacker to the mound. Kekich has it. The throw to Cater in time and there's one out. He's tattooed but right back at the box and there's one out here in the top half of the fourth inning. Yankees rallying with two outs in the bottom of the third to take a 2-1 to one lead. And coming in to join us now is Frank Messer. Frank's been stepping between the raindrops. And right now it's raining pretty hard again here at Yankee Stadium. We had one downpour in which we had a 20-minute delay. And now it's been on and off, intermittent rain. The windup and the pitch to Oliver. High and outside for ball one. One ball and no strike. Yankees lead it two to one. The wind-up by Kekic. He kicks, delivers, fastball, line drive, base hit to center field. Bobby Versa feels it on the grass. Picks it up barehanded. Throws on in the Horace Clark at second. The base hit for Bob Oliver. Frank, we've had a wet night. Welcome. Well, thank you, Bob. It is one of those nights. Rain is coming down a little bit harder now. It seems like uh, there's just a series of uh, little squalls passing through the area. It'll let up, and then it'll uh, come down, and then it lets up. Right now, it's raining hot enough that every time someone hits it on the ground, they've been throwing in a new boy baseball. And Kekich has to pitch now to Lou Pinella. Pinella struck out his first time up. The road team is always on a disadvantage at a night like this. The stretch and the pitch. Fastball hit on the line in between first and second in the right field for a base hit. Oliver is flying around second, heading for third. The ball dies in the grass. Lefrey picks it up and runs it into the infield. And now Oliver fakes down the line towards home plate goes back and Bluffery runs it all the way in which is the play in that situation so runners now on first and third with one out and the Royals have a chance to get even here in the top half of the fourth inning it is raining as hard now as it has at any time since that 20 minute shower that we had earlier I have a feeling that it keeps on this hard much longer they'll have to call time again four and a half innings would have to be completed the losing team has to bat in the fifth inning. Let's put it that way. Right now it would be four and a half innings with the Yankees lead two to one. For the Royals with a chance to score. Keogh the batter, two on and one out. The stretch by Keckett, the pitch. Keogh takes a curve ball high for ball one. One ball and no strike. Keogh came into this ball game batting 324. Bounced out to shortstop. First time out. As the stretch by Kekic checks both runners. The pitch to the plate. Slow curve caught the inside. Corner strike one. One ball and one strike. The Yankees lead it two to one. But Oliver is on third. Pinella is on first. And one out. Top of the fourth inning. Mike Kekic, a winner in his last outing at Minnesota. 
And now time is called and Keo leaves home plate and he's going to uh, get the rosin bag. And with that, on Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Joe Keogh taking a few practice swings. Kekich on the mound. One ball, one strike, one out. Kekich checks Oliver and Pinella. Oliver off third, Pinella off first. The 1-1 pitch fastball down low. Two balls and one strike. Kekich has yet to walk a man. He has struck out four. Two of those strikeouts in the first inning. Given up four hits. One a home run in the first inning by Amos Otis. Otis is the one out. Here on the fourth. Runners on first and third. The 2-1 stretch. Kekich kicks. The pitch. Slow curve. A little bit low and it's 3-1. So Mike now is one pitch away from walking. The base is loaded. Rich Stevenson is on deck. And he got a base hit in the second inning. Three balls. One strike. Yankees lead 2-1. to one. Top half of the fourth inning here at the stadium. All right. Kekich has the sign. Goes to the stretch. Three balls. One strike. Here it comes, there it goes, line drive out over second, it's in there for a base hit, Oliver scores the tying run, Pinelli goes to second, makes the turn, Bluffy throws behind him in the second base, the ball gets away, rolling out to shortstop, Gene Michael goes back and gets it. So three base hits in a row for the Kansas City Royals, and we have a brand new ball game. It's all tied up at 2-2 here on the top of the fourth inning, and the Royals have runners on first and second, and still one out. That one was a looping liner. Horace Clark went back, but he had no chance for it. So it's all tied up, and now Pinella goes to second. Joe Keogh goes to first. And Rich Stevenson will be the batter. Chekich now toying with the rosin bag. Gets back on the mound. It's been a steady rain here for the past couple of innings. Runners on first and second. Yankees in double play depth. One out. Kekich goes to the stretch. Pitching to the number seven man, Stevenson. The swings with the high pop-up in foul territory. Munson and Cater coming over. And who's going to get it? Nobody. Ball hits right between them in front of the Yankee dugout. And Fanis to both men. It's very wet over there, right in front of the dugout. And it wasn't at that high in the first place. That's right. Both Munson and Cater were going after it, and... Uh... That mud, the uh, running track right in the front of the dugout, has got to be a very, very treacherous place. You can't take that last step as you would on a dry evening or a dry day. No errors, Charge. Two runs, five hits, no errors for both ball clubs. Top half of the fourth inning, and it's tied up at 2-2. So Stevenson has a life. Owen won the count. Kelly Rodriguez, the number eight hitter, is on deck. No balls, one strike. Kekich to the belt. Stretches, lets it fly. It's a little pop down the right field line. The ball curving, going foul, and back into the seat. So, Stevenson is at two pop-ups, both foul. One lands on the playing field, and the other one out of play. No balls and two strikes. It's a 2-2 ball game. Kansas City with a run in the first. The Yankees with two in the third. Now Kansas City has tied it up in the top of the fourth. There's the stretch. No ball. Two strikes. Kekich delivers. Curve ball just misses inside. And it's one and two. 
That one had a huge drop on it. Both Kekich and Drago have shown good stuff here tonight. One ball and two strikes to count. And of course, both pitches had to sit down for 20 minutes during the rain delay. All right, Kekich working quickly now. Goes to the belt. Mike kick. Pitch. Curve ball. Hits on home plate. Nice block by Munson and it's two and two. That ball bounced right on home plate. Munson made a nice play on it. Right now, umpire George Maloney wants to have a look at it, and he throws it back to Keckett. Two and two the count with one out. Pinella and Keogh, the base runners, at first and second. Pinella's the lead man off second. Two and two the count. Keckett goes to the bell. Mike kicks. Here's the pitch. Fastball inside, and it's three balls and two strikes. So he had Severson 0-2 on those two foul balls, and now the count is full, three balls and two strikes. Mike's had a little bit too much stuff on his fastball. And on his curve. Three and two, here's the stretch. Checks the runners, the pitch. Fastball popped up behind first base. Cater going back, he's in foul territory. He's under it, and he makes the catch for the out. So he got Stevenson on a three and two pitch to pop out to Danny Cater, the first baseman. And there are two outs. Here's Ellie Rodriguez batting 268, and he popped out to Gene Michael, the shortstop. Rodriguez, the number eight man in the batting order. Dick Drago, the pitcher, is on deck. Rodriguez, right handed batter. Two outs and two on. Top of the fourth, the tie game at 2 2. And the rain is just about let up once again here at Yankee Stadium. Each time it lets up like this, I hope we've seen the end of it. Right. There's the stretch. The pitch. Rodriguez takes the curveball in there for the call strike one. No balls and one strike. That was a beauty that Mike broke off. Because when his curve is coming over the plate, he's much more effective. Otherwise, they let the curve go and just wait for that fastball. That curve broke in and over. No balls and one strike. Kekic now goes to the belt. Check Pinello off second. Keough off first. The pitch. Curveball bounces in front of the plate and Munson knocks it down. It's one and one. Thrown very few fastballs here with the men on base. One and one to Rodriguez. Rodriguez with one home run and six RBIs on the season. Coming into this game, he had 13 hits and 34 at-bats in his last 10 games. So he's now had 13 hits and 35 at-bats. Ball one foul. Mike Kekich goes to the belt. High game. He delivers slow curve, hangs high, and it's two balls and one strike. So Kekich has worked and worked hard here on the top of the fourth. Three base hits in a row have tied the game at 2 2. Panella and Keogh on the bases right now. Mike Kekic has the sign for Munson, two and one. Kekic kicks, delivers, curveball, hit hard, pass shortstop out in the center field for a base hit. Pinella coming around third, Mercer up with the ball, Mercer's throw to the plate, it's cut off, throw to third, he is out at third, and the run does count. The run scores. They might have had a play at home plate that time, it would have been very close. Cater cut the throw off and made the play at third base, 
Umpire George Maloney says the run scored before the out at third base. So the Royals take the lead with two runs on four hits. There were no Yankee errors and one man is left on at the end of three and a half. The Royals three and the Yankees two. The Arctic Tundra, 12 inches of vegetation covering frozen ground a thousand feet deep. When Atlantic Richfield Company discovered oil on Alaska's North Slope, the place we call the Arco Circle, we found out if you disturb the tundra, you cause erosion. A tire track can cause a 50-foot gorge. We stopped driving our trucks across it and started experiments with 13 different kinds of grass seed so that if erosion occurred, we'd be ready. The seeding has to be done by hand. The fertilizing has to be done by helicopters and the grasses will have to be incredibly hardy to make it. But if they do, there will be a way to protect the delicate tundra forever. At Atlantic Richfield Company, we're doing this because we believe drilling for oil and conservation go together. We went all the way to Alaska to drill for oil so we can provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car. Well, right now, before Drago begins his uh, warm-up throws, the grounds crews out under the su supervision of the umpires, scattering some uh, dry sand down on the pitcher's mound, which has become... Uh, just a little bit slippery and heavy out there. Now the umpires wave over to the dugout and tell Drago he can come out and start uh, warming up. I don't know what Dick Drago does there in the dugout, but uh, it seems, Bob, to take him a long time to come out. Of course, now the, they were working on the mound. He couldn't be out there throwing, but it seems to take him a long time to come out after every uh, half inning. Our ball game tied uh, rather is in favor of Kansas City 3-2. Kansas City went out in front 1-0. The Yankees took the lead 2-1. And then Kansas City just scored two in the top of the fourth for a 3-2 lead. These two clubs meet here at the stadium again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. The wind-up game of this three-game series. Stan Bonston, the Yankee right-hander who has won three and lost four, is scheduled to pitch for the New York Yankees. And it will be Jim Rooker on the mound for the Kansas City Royals tomorrow night. Taking a look at uh, Jim Rooker's record, he has won three and lost two. He's a pretty good hitter in his own right. In fact, uh, he has the uh, team high for runs batted in in a ball game. Rooker has knocked in five runs in a ball game already this year. I believe the American League uh, record for the year for RBIs in a single game is uh, seven if I haven't missed uh, something along the line somewhere. We'll double check on that, but I believe it's seven. But Rooker, I'll tell you, that's pretty good night's work for a pitcher. Five runs better than it, isn't it? I guess it is, Frank. And right now, Kurt Bluffrey will be the battle for the Yankees. Hit the ball on the nose his first time. But Severson made a nice one-hop play at second base and threw Kurt out. Bluffrey the batter. It's three to two, Kansas City. Bottom half of the fourth, the first pitch to Kurt is a curve low and inside for ball one. Well, the New Jersey papers played up Kurt Bluffrey's home run. Bluffrey brought up in New Jersey and lives there now. The record had a big headline, is the real Mr. Bluffrey finally standing up? Here's the windup, the pitch to Kurt. On the inside corner for the called strike, and it's one and one. And the Herald News over in New Jersey had a big headline, Bluffrey's first homer, the big blow, and the Yankees win. And that it was last night as the Yankees won it 3-2. to two. 
Here's the pitch. Curveball bounce foul outside of first. And the count is now one and two. Tonight the score again is three to two, but this time the Royals have the lead. They pounded out four base hits at the top of the fourth. Green now has stopped at Yankee Stadium. We're in the bottom of the fourth inning. The Royals three, the Yankees two. One ball, two strikes from the leadoff batter, Kurt Leffrey. Dick Drago winds and delivers slow curve. Referee reaches for it and fouls it off into the lower deck. He just hit that as an afterthought. One and two is the count, and that slow curve looks as if it may sneak over that outside corner for the strikeout. So Bluffery just leaned out and got a piece of it. It was a big piece, actually, because it keeps him alive. Here's the windup. The pitch, fastball, rocks on the ground. Fair ball down the right field line. Bluffery round first, heads for her. Now he holds up. He remembers the arm that Kelly has. And it's a base hit for Kurt Bluffrey. That ball right over the bag at first base. And Jim Honeycheck gave it the fair sign. Keo just couldn't reach it. The ball wound up way in foul territory and bounced out. Back on the playing field. But Kelly was playing him over to the line and made a nice play. Actually now, uh, Bob, Kurt Bluffrey, the last five balls he has hit have been well hit. He lined out twice last night. Once was, One was a uh, sacrifice uh, fly, but... Uh, both times he made out in the game were line drives to the center fielder over in the alley in right center. He was hit by a pitch, then homered. Tonight, his first time up, that uh, one hopper that he was thrown out on by Severson was well hit, and this one was a real scorcher down the line. So, Bluffery is getting that bat around in front of the pitch more and more every day. Well, he likes to pull it, and you couldn't pull it anymore right over first base. Here's Thurman Munson, who was called out his first time up. Curve ball, and then he has to get out of the way of ball one. One ball and no strikes. It didn't have the curve on it that it looked coming up there. Munson at the last minute just jumped right out of the way. One ball and no strikes. Drago had Munson fish for an outside curveball his last time, and then he struck him out with the pitch down the middle. So let's see if Thurman has learned something. Fastball, he swings, pops it up behind first base. Keo going back on the foul line in foul territory makes the catch. One out. So one out for the Yankees. They're in the bottom of the fourth inning. Tying run still on first base as Gene Michael steps in. Michael brought a 235 batting average into the ball game. Grounded out to first baseman Keogh his first time up. Luffrey on first with one out. Bottom of the fourth inning in Kansas City leading at three to two here at the stadium. Dick Drago. Over the head, to the belt, the pitch, fastball, strike one, it's called, no balls at one strike. Drago's been mixing up his pitches and mixing them up well, the curveball, the change, and the fastball. And he's been getting them over, he hasn't walked anyone. Yankees have had six hits. They trail three to two now. Bottom half of the fourth inning, Drago to the belt. Lefty with a short lead, the pitch, fastball, strike two, gave him the same pitch right back, no balls for two strikes. I'd have to say, Bob, the way Drago is pitching tonight, it would be awfully hard to guess what's coming up there. Sometimes he'll throw two or three curveballs in a row. He'll come back with a fastball two or three times in a row. Sometimes he'll uh, go one, two, three with the curve, the change, and the fastball. He's been tough. That's the fastball again, and it's inside one and two. He tried to surprise Michael with three fastballs. One ball, two strikes to James. Mike Kekich is in the on-deck circle for the Yankees. Royals gave the Yankees a tussle last year. The Yankees won seven and lost five for the expansion team. 
Drago to the belt. The one-two pitch. Fastball hit in the air foul. Third base side into the upper deck. Out of play. And the count holds at one ball and two strikes. And the Royals are one of only three teams in Major League Baseball that have not been shut out this year. Kansas City, Minnesota, and in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds. One and two, the count on Gene Michael. Drago over the head, to the belt. Curveball misses outside, and it's two and two. So now Michael making him work, and it's two balls and two strikes. Lefrey, who led off the inning with a base hit to right field, is on first. One out. Gene Michael batting in Kansas City, leading three to two. Drago now brings it to the belt. The pitch to Michael. Swing and a foul ball back behind home plate. It hits the bottom of the screen, and the holes are two balls and two strikes. Michael cut it that one at the last minute and just got a piece of it. Two and two the count. Michael last night celebrated his 32nd birthday and had a big cake in the clubhouse for both Gene and Horace Clark after the ball game. Everybody in the festive mood after the Yankee victory. Drago over the head to the belt. Pitches to Gene. Curve ball hit in the air on the short center field. Coming on his aim with Otis. Now he reaches up and makes the catch. Otis had a reach way up over his head finally to catch that ball. Michael hit it well, but a little too high in one respect and not high enough in another. Two out. Line drive to Amos Otis, and here's Mike Kekich, the Yankee pitcher. Kekich struck out his first time up. Mike has had two base hits this year. He's two for ten, batting 200. Kekich actually has the second highest batting average among the Yankee pitchers, the number one man being Chris Peterson. The stretch by Drago. Fastball, strike one. Put it right down the middle. No balls in one strike. So Bleffrey will let off the inning with the base hit. is still over there at first base. 0-1 the count on Kekich. The stretch. The pitch. Fastball. He reaches out at the line drive in the right field. It's in there for a base hit. Kelly up with the ball. Throws on in. It's cut off by the shortstop Hernandez. And Mike Kekich gets a base hit. So the Yankees get two base hits. Around two outs. And Horace Clark, who's two for two, steps up. Now time is called, and Ellie Rodriguez, the catcher, goes out there to speak to Dick Drago. Kekich just reached for that one, got a good piece of it, and lined it in the right field for a base hit. Lefty held it second. So the Yankees now with runners on first and second and two outs, and trailing three to two here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Now at 13 base hits in this ball game and four innings. Only one has been for extra bases, and that was the home run by Amos Otis. All right, Drago set to go to Horace Clark. He's two for two, batting left-handed. The pitch to Horace. Swings ground ball, hits the second base. Stevenson up with it. Throw to first, in time, and the sides retired. So for the Yankees in the fourth, no runs on two hits, no errors, two men left. At the end of four, it's Kansas City three and New York two. Did you ever know a girl that you know and have her show up in a wig and not recognize her? Well, here's a story just like that. Some people have received new credit cards and failed to recognize them. Now, this is quite understandable. The big name in the card, and incidentally, it is a handsome card, but the big name is Arco, A-R-C-O. 
They didn't realize that this new Arco card was a replacement for their old Atlantic credit card. After Richfield and Atlantic merged to become the Atlantic Richfield Company, it made sense to have one national credit card good at thousands of service stations from coast to coast. Makes it easy for everyone, including the people at Hertz, Ramada, and Treadway Inns, Hyatt House Hotels, Hyatt Lodges, Travel Lodge Motels, Friendship Inns, Emmons Walker Inns Incorporated, and Superior Motels. They all honor this new card. Now they have only one name to remember, and so do you, Arco. It stands for all the good products and services you get at your Atlantic station. Well, in case you didn't get the late scores last night, the California Angels defeated Detroit 3-2. to two. That game went 10 innings at Anaheim. And Baltimore came up with a 5-1 to one win over the Oakland A's and two ball games played late on the West Coast and not in a lot of the morning papers today. I noticed, uh, Bob, that uh, Baltimore now has moved Merv Rettenmund into center field to replace the injured Paul Blair, and Rettenmund responded with a base hit and two runs butted in in last night's ball game. And as we've said so many times, uh, the strength of that Baltimore bench is being called on now, and at least last night, uh, Rettenmund came through, and he's going to have an opportunity to play for a while. They had a close call last night. Frank Robinson crashed into the fence uh, in the eighth inning. But fortunately for the Orioles, and I guess for all baseball, Frank Robinson was all right and was able to remain in the ball game. Here's Dick Drago as we start the top half of the fifth inning. Drago's been up 18 times, and he only has one hit so far this year. Right-handed batter against the lefty Mike Kekich. Three to two, Kansas City leading as we go to the top half of the fifth inning. Kekic into the windup. His first pitch of the fifth inning, a fastball low and outside for ball one. One ball and no strikes. Drago, a rookie last year. 11 wins, 13 losses with the expansion team. The delivery on the outside corner, right back with the fastball, and it's one and one. So Kekic just got a base hit off Drago, and Dick now trying to return the compliment. One ball, one strike. Kekich gets the side from Thurman Munson, goes into the windup, kicks and delivers. High for ball two, two balls and one strike. Drago won his first ball game in the major leagues. He went the route to defeat the California Angels in May of last year by a score of three to two. And went on to become a fine pitcher for the Royals. Two balls, one strike. Kekich throws, curve in there, and it's two and two. Two balls and two strikes to Drago. Pat Kelly, the top of the order on deck. Royals leading at three to two, top of the fifth. The kick, the Kekich pitch, swinging a miss, strike three. So that's five strikeouts for Mike Kekich, but it's the first one since he struck out Drago back in the third inning. One out, and here's Pat Kelly. Kelly has bounced to first and bounced to the mound. And Kelly, as we mentioned earlier, a good man to keep off the base pass because he's tied for second in the American League with uh, stolen bases. Actually, he's now has a share of the league lead. He hits a ground ball out to Horace Clark. Clark gets it. Throw to first, in time, and there are two out. Kelly has 20 stolen bases, and he's even with Tommy Hopper, and one behind the major league leader, that's Bobby Bonds. With two outs, Jackie Hernandez steps in. Struck out of the first inning, hits a shortstop in the third. Three to two, the Royals lead it in the top of the fifth. 
The windup by Kekich and the pitch. Low for ball one. One ball and no strike. The end of this inning, it'll be an official ball game, or should the Yankees take the lead at any time in the bottom of the fifth, it would be official. Right now, however, it is not raining here at the stadium. 1-0 the count. Kekich into the windup. He delivers a curve that hangs high, and it's two balls and no strikes. Still a very warm and sticky night. The rain hasn't cooled things off much. Two balls and no strikes. Been a seesaw game. 1-0 Kansas City. 2-1 Yankees. Now 3-2 Kansas City. The windup, the 2-0 pitch. Right in there for call strike one. 2-1. Two oh, I see the Fordham University class of 1970 is on hand. He just put it up on the scoreboard and uh, cheer went up. Two and one the count. Kekich kicks. Turns it loose. A high pop foul is hit into the upper deck by Jackie Hernandez. And it's even now. Two balls and two strikes. All the fans downstairs looking up, hoping the ball would come out of the upper deck. That time it didn't. But it's always a good idea to turn around if that ball get over your head. You never know when they're going to come back. Two and two the count, the windup, the pitch to Hernandez, fastball, foul to the screen, and the count's even at two and two. Amos Otis is on deck. Three to two, the Royals. Yankees in the bottom half of the fifth inning will have Jerry Kenny, Bobby Mercer, and Roy White, and they did the damage in the third inning when the Yankees took the lead. The pitch, a swing and a drive, hit deep to right center field. Bobby Mercer running for it. Over in right center, under it, and he makes the catch. So three up and three down for the Royals at the top of the fifth. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. We go to the bottom half of the fifth inning. It's Kansas City three and New York two. Last year, the Catskill Game Farm gave away thousands of beautiful wildlife pictures by Michael Kiefer, the famous animal painter. Once again, lovely reproductions will be given away free for the first two weeks in June with each adult admission ticket to the game farm. The artist, Mr. Kiefer, spends a considerable amount of time traveling to various parts of the world to study animals in their natural habitat. You may like a picture of our American black bear fishing in a mountain stream, or perhaps a scene of a real Indian tiger hunt. If you would like to receive free a fine reproduction on heavy art paper or genuine artist canvas, visit the Catskill Game Farm during the first two weeks in June. This offer is limited till June 15th with the purchase of each adult admission ticket. Don't miss it. The Game Farm is located two miles off Route 32, south of Cairo. Talking about the picture postcards to be given away by the Yankees, I believe the entire set will be 12. And the first one to be obtained will be this Saturday afternoon when the Yankees play the White Sox, and that will be the Bobby Mercer card. Well, we're talking about uh, youngsters coming out to the ballpark. I see the Tenafly New Jersey Little League is here tonight. Join this ball game along with uh, the Fordham University class of 1970. Last night we had uh, the Seton Hall championship baseball team out here enjoying the Yankee game. And throughout the season there'll be many more, many more folks coming out here in groups, both uh, the young fans, the little league age, and also the university age. 
Yeah. Hope to see a lot of those college kids here on Pepsi Generation Night Friday night, too. A box seat for yourself for $4 and get a free one for your date. Jerry Kenny, the batter, Drago, delivers a curve on the inside corner strike one. Jerry's been a tough man on the Kansas City Royals in this series. Had two hits, a sacrifice for and a walk last night. Tonight he's got a single and a ground out. 0-1 oh, the count. Jerry steps out. He wants to wipe a little of the moisture off his bat and step back in. It's not raining right now at the stadium. Bottom of the fifth. 3-2 to two, Kansas City. Drago into the windup the pitch. Kenny takes it inside with the curve and it's 1-1. One one. Gave him the same pitch. That one a little bit further inside than the other one. Jerry's been slowly bringing his average up. Sitting at 2-12 coming in. He's 1-2 for two in this game, so that'll bring it up a little more. 1-1 one one the count. The windup, the pitch, high with the fastball, it's 2-1. Drago's had excellent control. He has yet to walk a man in this ballgame. Two balls and one strike to count to Jerry Kenny, leading off in the bottom of the fifth. Drago into the windup, the pitch, fastball hit on the ground to second baseman Stevenson. He's up with it, throws to first in time, and there's one out. So Kenny makes out to start the bottom half of the fifth inning. Drago this year has given up 30 bases on balls and has struck out 38, but in tonight's ball game, he has not given up a freebie yet. Here's Bobby Mercer. Mercer struck out in the first inning, and then with two outs in the third inning, he singles to tie up the ball game at 1-1. Scored Horace Clark, and then Roy White followed with a single to put the Yankees into the lead. The pitch to Mercer, swing, and a long drive to right center field. This one is hit. Kelly going back, all through the center field, and Kelly back, leaps. And he can't get it, it's off the scoreboard. He takes a big bounce back towards the infield. Mercer on his way to third. Here's the throw to third. He's in with a stand-up triple. Bobby Mercer headed off the top of the auxiliary scoreboard in right field. Kelly leaped way in the air and didn't come down with it. The ball at the top of the scoreboard and ricocheted way back towards the infield. And Bobby Mercer gets a triple out of it. Had the ball hit the top of that scoreboard and bounced into the bleachers, it would have only been a double. But it stayed in the playing field, and Mercer gets a triple. On Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Roy White now with a chance to tie it up. The infield is in. The stretch. The pitch to Roy outside. Ball one. One ball and no strike. I want to tell you that ball was tickled. And right now, Eddie Layton on the organ playing a little music to get the fans going. All these Yankee games have been tight. Home and on the road. We've got another one runner here. Here's the pitch. Outside for ball two. And George Maloney started to go up with that right hand and thought better of it. Just missed the outside corner. Two balls and no strikes to Roy White. Bobby Mercer on third. Had the wind been blowing the way it was earlier tonight, out towards right field before that thunderstorm, that would have been long gone. 2-0 to Roy White. Here's the stretch. And the pitch. Swinging a line drive. It's hooking and it goes foul down the right field line into the seat. Two balls and one strike. The infield is playing in. Third baseman Oliver, shortstop Hernandez, right now over kicking the bag at second, trying to get some mud out of his own cleat. Second baseman Stevenson is in. First baseman Keough. Outfield Pinella playing straight away in left field. Amos Otis in center field is playing around the right. And the right fielder Leroy Kelly, rather Pat Kelly, is playing 
deep and straight away. Two balls and one strike. Roy White now, who can really handle that bat, would love to punch one right through the drawn and infield. He already has an RBI in this ball game. White with 36. Here's the pitch. Swing and a foul tip. Two and two. So Drago is one strike away from a big strikeout here. Plus with a runner on third and one out, you can get him in in a variety of ways. With two outs, it normally would take a base hit. There'll be some activity out in the Royals bullpen. Al Fitzmaurice is one of them. And I thought I saw Dave Moorhead go back there, but he may not be warming up. He's been in the starting rotation of late. Two balls, two strikes. Drago to the stretch. Here's the pitch. Roy White swings, line drive, hit out in the left center field. And it's in there for a base hit. Mercer comes on its goal. Pinella dies, misses the ball. Center fielder Otis picks it up. Throw to second. White is in standing. It's all tied up at 3-3 here in Yankee Stadium. And it's got a two-base hit for Roy White. Pinella tried to cut it off. He slipped on the turf out there, and the ball got by him. Amos Otis was backing it up. So it's tied up at 3-3. And here's Danny Cater. For Roy White now, that gives him 37 RBIs. That's two in this game. Danny Cater, who is up there, has 36 RBIs. So White now is one ahead of Cater, and they're both among the American League leaders. Cater with a chance to pick up an RBI here. White off the second base, Drago to the stretch the pitch. Cater swings, foul ball back on the screen, strike one. No balls and one strike. It's 3-3 in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Cater. At bat, this ball game is now an official ball game. 3-3 three, three the score in the bottom of the fifth. Drake under the stretch, the pitch, curveball, hit a long way to left field. Hit way back in the left field. This one is high, far and gone. Danny Cater has hit his fourth home run of the season, and he now has 38 RBIs. So Roy White grabbed the RBI lead with his double over Danny Cater by one, and Cater gets it right back, and Roy White doesn't mind a bit, because the Yankees lead it by a score of 5-3, to three, and we may be having a pitching change right here for the Kansas City Royals. Could very well be, because uh, Charlie Metro is out there at the mound, We'll see whether or not he has made the motion toward the bullpen. Evidently, he has. Yes, they will make a pitching change. Danny Cater now has four home runs for the year. And 38 runs butted in. Looking back over Danny's record, he's been one of the fine hitters for average in the American League for, uh, well, ever since he's been here, ever since he came to the American League after spending the 1964 season with the Philadelphia Phillies. In 1965, Cater hit uh, 14 home runs, his highest in the majors, drove in 55 runs. 
The next year he hit seven homers, had 56 RBIs. In 67 with the uh, Kansas City A's, he hit four home runs, had 46 RBIs. In 1968, he had six home runs, 62 runs butted in. Last year, 10 homers and 76 RBIs. So Danny Cater is ahead, really, of uh, his home run and RBI production at this stage of any season since he has been in the American League. The pitcher coming in is left-hander Tom Bergmeier, who was recalled from Omaha on May 19th. At Omaha, he had won three and lost one, had two saves, and a splendid earned run average of uh, 1.17. So the left-hander Tom Bergmeier will come on to pitch to Kurt Bluffery. Dick Drago goes four and one-third innings. Drago gives up five runs on ten hits. He walked nobody, and he collected three strikeouts. Actually, Drago was in trouble in every inning except the second. In the first inning, the first two Yankees, Clark and Kenny, had base hits. But he bore down to strike out Mercer, got white on a fly ball to center, and Cater grounded into a force out. He got the side one, two, three in the second, facing Bluffery, Munson, and Michael. In the third, the Yankees scored two runs on three hits, and here in the fifth, they've taken the lead. Third Bluffery, the batter swings and grounds one foul outside of first base, strike one. That ball was just a hair to the right of where Kurt got his base hit his last time up. That one, however, was ruled fair, and this one ruled foul. So Bluffrey will try again. Kurt's batting against the left-hander. First time up, he hit a rocket to second base, and the next time up, he got a single. So the Yankees, with one out here in the fifth, have had a triple, a double, and a home run, and they've all been hit. Mercer hit it a mile off the auxiliary scoreboard in right field. White hit a line drive to left center, and Cato walloped it into the left field seat. Bluffrey swings and fouls it back to the screen. No balls and two strikes. Since being called up, Bergmeier has pitched seven innings in four ball games, winning one, losing one. He has a rather high earned run average of 5.14. Yankees are ahead 5-3 to three in the bottom of the fifth inning. The windup and the pitch. Bluffrey takes a curve, low and outside for ball one. For Danny Cater, and see you later. That one was hit close to 400 feet. It was to the left as we look out on the 402-foot sign, but it was back about five or six rows. Here's the one-two pitch. Sidearm curve, strike three swinging. So Bluffrey strikes out against the left-hander for the second out here in the fifth inning. But in between outs, a triple, a double, and a home run. Here's Thurman Munson. That's some of that power that the middle part of the Yankee lineup has been showing this year that it failed to show in uh, previous seasons. Bronx Bombers five and Kansas City three in the bottom of the fifth. Thurman Munson steps in. He was called out on strikes in the second inning. Hopped out to first in the fourth inning. Come on out and see some action tomorrow night. Yankees and the Royals. And the White Sox, who have been hitting the ball, will be in here Friday night. The windup, the pitch. Munson takes low for ball one. One ball and no strikes. So Drago gave up five runs on ten hits. And he works four and one-third innings. The 
The windup, the pitch to Munson. He checks the swing, takes it from the outside corner, just above the knees. It's one and one. A seesaw ball game. Lead now has changed hands three times. Kansas City led one nothing, and the Yankees two to one. Kansas City three to two, and now the Yankees five to three. The windup in the one one pitch, curve low and inside, two and one. Two and one to Thurman Munson. He came in hitting 257. In this game, he was called out on strikes and he popped out to first. Munson had his troubles with Drago. Now he's up there against Bergmeier. Tom Bergmeier, little left-hander, winds, delivers fastball, bounced out in front of the plate. Bergmeier off the mound, picks it up, wheels. The throw to first got him, and the side retires. Thurman Munson out by a step going down the line, but the Yankees get three runs on three extra base hits. No errors, nobody left. At the end of five, it's New York five and Kansas City three. <laughs> Schenectady Trust is the place to say. Hurry up, Charlie. I want to take a shower. Because they pay new higher interest rates. Charlie, practice your announcing later. And a choice of several savings plans. Charlie! Take savings certificates. For as little as $500, these certificates guarantee an annual interest from day of deposit. Thanks. It's so steamy in here. Two-year certificates pay five and three-quarter percent per year. One-year certificates pay five and a half percent per year. And 90-day certificates pay five percent per year. Speaking of saving, you used all the shampoo. Your dollars earn more when you save at Schenectady Trust. Charlie, where's the Come to Schenectady Trust. You'll find every banking service you'll ever need. Member of FDIC. Oh, there's the soap. Thank you, Charlie. You're welcome. You know, we're talking about that day coming up this Sunday here at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees want to be sure that every youngster is completely happy. That's why the Yankees have in the huge storage room here at Yankee Stadium right now 60,000 of those official Little League bats. So no youngster will go away disappointed. One city in the league, I know we played there on bat day and they ran out of bats and the kids were given uh, slips of paper, coupons that they could redeem later, but it's not quite the same as getting a bat. The Yankees will not make that mistake because they have 60,000 bats on hand here at the stadium. All right, Frank, top half of the sixth inning. Amos Otis, Bob Oliver, and Lou Pinella, the heart of the Royals' batting order. The wind-up by Kekich, and the pitch to Amos Otis. Strike one, it's called. No balls and one strike. Otis hit a home run in the first inning and bounced back to the box of the fourth. Wrapped the ball hard, and Kekich made a nice play on it. Yankees five and Kansas City three, top half of the sixth inning. Kekich into the wind-up. Delivers to Otis, who takes another curve, and it's in there again. Strike two, no balls and two strikes. Yankees gave Kekich one lead at two to one in the third, and he gave it right back. Four base hits made it three to two Kansas City, but now the Yankees have gone out ahead. Five to three. The windup, the 0-2 delivery. Oda swing, bounding ball, foul outside a third down the left field line, and the count holds at 0-2. Part of the Yankee order came through. A triple by Mercer, a double by White, a home run by Cater. No balls and two strikes. Washington leading Chicago five to three after eight. We'll have a complete rundown on the scoreboard after the sixth inning. A lot of rainouts tonight. 
No balls, two strikes, the windup, the pitch to Otis, swinging a bounding ball, hit out past the mound, a shortstop, Michael with it, side on to the first, got him, and there's one away. So Amos Otis bounces out to shortstop for the first out. And it'll bring up Bob Oliver, the third baseman, who struck out at singles, scored a run in the fourth inning. Oliver one for two on the night, coming in with a batting average of 291. Oliver, with his base hit, extended his hitting streak to six games, and he was eight for, for his last 20 coming in, so he's now nine for his last 21. That's a pace of over 400. Here's the windup and the pitch. He swings and back goes out to the mound, and the ball goes foul over to the Royals' dugout. Mike Kekich flips the ball back. The foul ball, strike one. We mentioned earlier the Royals have not been shut out all season. I think fans like to see a lot of runs, hear a lot of talk about what a great game a one nothing game was, but I think most of the fans would say that's absolute baloney. They like runs, they like hits. And that's what they've been getting so far in big league baseball this year certainly with the Yankees. Owen won the count. I see a lot of the Cleveland Indian pitchers have been complaining because they brought in the fences at Cleveland. But I'll tell you, the series we had there was mighty exciting. Line drive, hit the left field. It's in there for a base hit for Oliver. White playing the ball over near the line. Oliver with a big turn. White floats the ball in the second base, and Oliver gets back to first. A lot of home runs hitting that Cleveland series, a lot of action, and a lot of thrilling ball games as well. And that's what the fans like to see. Plus, they like to see the home team win, and in that series, the Yankees beat the Indians three out of four. Here's Lou Pinella. Pinella is always dangerous, rookie of the year last year. This year, hitting 349. In this game, he has struck out in singles. He has hit five home runs. He's up there right now with a chance to get the Royals even. Yankees leading five to three on the top of the sixth. 17 hits in the game. There's the stretch. Kekic to Pinella. High ball one. One ball and no strikes. Pinella the cleanup hitter. Batting right-handed against the left-hander Mike Kekic. Kekich goes to the belt, kicks, delivers. Long drive, hit to right, Fluffy going back and towards the fence. He reaches up, he makes a one-handed catch. Turns and throws the ball back in the second. Would you believe Kurt Fluffy, a great catch in right field. I don't believe it would have been in the seats, but it wouldn't have missed by much. A great catch by Kurt Fluffy going over towards the line and reaching up above the fence. Now, he wasn't right up against it, so I won't say it would have gone in. Might have hit the fence, but it would have been a mess of trouble, and Kurt Bluffery made the catch. Well, that home run certainly made him feel a lot better. Oh, he pulled that one out of the muggy air here at Yankee Stadium. Two outs, and here's Joe Keogh. Keogh, left-handed batter. The stretch, the pitch, curve ball, strike one, it's called. Up on the scoreboard, they have Senior Citizens Day, Saturday at 2 o'clock against the White Sox. Hope to see all the senior citizens out here at Yankee Stadium. No balls at one strike. 
A stretch and the pitch. In the half of the call, strike, strike two, 0 and 2 to Keough. Owen to Keogh with two outs and Bob Oliver on first base. Yankees leading at five to three. Canella hit that ball just about as hard as you can hit it. The only thing that really stopped it from being a home run besides Bluffery was the fact it didn't have any height. There's a bounding ball back through the box. Michael, nice play at second base. Feeds at the clock. He's out at second and another great play. Michael was flat on his face. Somehow reached up and flipped the ball with Clark just in time for the out. Two great plays for the Yankees. They get a big hand as they come in. So they belted the ball for three runs in the bottom of the fifth. Two outstanding plays on the top of the sixth. It's five to three. The Yankees lead it. Checking that inning. No runs. One hit. No errors. Two great plays and one man left. The end of five and a half. New York five. Kansas City three. Well, following these Kansas City Royals, the Chicago White Sox will be in here for the weekend. And then next. Tuesday and Wednesday nights, June 9th and 10th, for two night games at 8 o'clock, it'll be the Minnesota Twins are in the thick of the battle for first place in the Western Division of the American League. A lot of folks maintain the ball clubs that play a little better baseball when they're battling for first place. Well, the Yankees are battling for first place, trying to overtake the Orioles. The Minnesota Twins battling to stay ahead of the California Angels. So they'll be in here for two exciting games next Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And if we have the excitement in those we had in the recent series out at Minnesota, well, you'll certainly get your money's worth. Yankees won one of the three games out there, lost 10-6 to six and then 7-6 to six on those uh, two home runs to Harmon Killebrew. And Killebrew will be leading the Twins in with the American League's leading hitter, Rod Carew, and the man Ralph Hout maintains is the best hitter in the league, Tony Oliva, next Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, Gene Michael gets a nice round of applause as he goes up there, and well, he deserves it. He's come up with two sparkling plays at shortstop tonight, and both of them on Joe Keogh. Boy, and he made a play last night in the ninth inning on a line drive. Gene has had some great fielding games for the Yankees. Here's the pitch. Strike one is called. No balls and one strike. Perhaps his best fielding night was the one in Cleveland. In that Friday night game, Alvin Dock, who should know, being a great shortstop himself, called his play great. Swing and a miss by Michael Owen, too. That last play was a honey. After he got it and fell flat, reaching out for it, you'd figure there was no chance. Because Clark was going for the ball, too, in the first place. Then Clark had to run over to the bag, and he got the throw just in time. Bare-handed, incidentally. Here's the pitch. Low and outside, ball one. One and two. We mentioned Senior Citizens Day a moment ago. This Saturday, fans 60 and older will be admitted for a 50-cent service charge. The wind-up and the pitch. Outside ball two. So come on out, all you senior citizens, on Saturday. As a matter of fact, come out all the time, whether it's a reduced price or not. Two balls and two strikes. The wind-up, the pitch to Gene Michaels, swinging a foul ball back into the mezzanine. And back downstairs, and the count is even at two and two. Like to see the older people coming in for the 50 cent charge. Because with the inflation you have and everything, they're the people that feel it the most. Here's the pitch, swinging a little pop-up, hit beyond second base. Center fielder Amos Otis coming in. Stevenson going out, and Otis makes the catch. Amos Otis, the center fielder, comes on, and there's one out. 
One out, and here's Mike Kekich. He got a base hit his last time up after striking out his first time up in the third inning. Yankees leading at 5-3, to three, bottom half of the sixth inning. Kekich is now challenging Fritz Peterson. Kekich has three base hits and 11 at-bats. Here's the pitch. Low for ball one. One ball and no strikes to Kekic. Mike bats right-handed even though he throws left. Swings, bounding ball, hit out towards second base. Stevenson in quickly up with a throw to first, got him. Two outs for the Yankees quickly here on the bottom of the sixth inning after all the excitement. The bottom of the fifth and the top half of the sixth. Two outs and Horace Clark will be the batter. Well, making out on that last play puts Mike Kekich down at 250. Three for 12. Still not a bad batting average for a pitcher. So Kekich is out four to three. Two outs and here's Horace Clark. Last time he was out four to three. Prior to that, he had two base hits. Horace will be batting right-handed for the first time against the lefty Bergmeier. Had his two base hits batting left-handed. The wind-up by Bergmeier, the pitch. Clark swings and misses strike one. Well, you don't see that too often, but Horace gave it his home run swing. He did. He really, <laughs> he really gave it a big rip. Horace has hit two home runs. 0-1. Let's see if he does it again. Bergmeier delivers. Swing, and he pops it up. This one will be to the infield. Third baseman Oliver calling for it in front of Hernandez, and he makes the catch to retire the side. So the Yankees go quietly in the sixth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left. But at the end of six, the Yankees five, and the Kansas City Royals three. Right now, we'll have a look at the scoreboard and find out what's happening elsewhere. We've had a lot of rain on the scoreboard tonight. Minnesota at Boston game was rained out. They tried to start at Zepp against Siebert, but it was rained out. Chicago and Washington at the end of eight. Washington leads at five to three. Tommy John started for the White Sox. Tommy Suss came on in the eighth inning. Joe Coleman for Washington. And Darrell Knowles has come on in the ninth. The chances are the White Sox are doing something. They've been up for a while in the top of the ninth. Washington leading there five to three. White Sox will be in here at the stadium Friday night. Cleveland and Milwaukee, they played two and a half and somebody scored in every half inning. It's five to four. Cleveland at the end of two and a half. Hand going all the way for Cleveland. Krause started from Milwaukee locker in the second. Patton in the third. Duke Sims has hit two home runs, one with two on. Man, is he hitting. He's been out with a bad hand, but ever since the converted catcher was moved to left field just prior to the Yankee series, he has been hitting. He now has nine home runs, Duke Sims. Tommy Hoppe hit one, number eight, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Detroit at California later, Baltimore at Oakland later. National League, the Mets at Atlanta rained out. San Diego at Pittsburgh rained out. Philadelphia and Cincinnati at the end of five. It's four to three, the Phillies leading the Reds, bunning against Nolan. Taylor is hit number five and Doyle number one. At the end of six, it's Houston, five, Montreal, nothing. Moore against Billingham. The Cubs won an 11 over the Dodgers, six to five this afternoon. And San Francisco, five, St. Louis, two after, three tonight. We're ready for the top half of the seventh inning. The Yankees leading at five to three. Coming on for the play-by-play, Frank Messer. Okay, Bob, thank you very much. And it is Rick Severson who leads it off against Mike Kekic. First pitch to him is outside, ball one. 
This will be the farthest uh, Kekic has gone this year. Six innings is most on the mound in any one step. He's now pitching here on the top of the seventh. Severson, right-hand batter. Kekic turns it loose, and it's in there for a strike. Severson is one for two in the ball game. He did not play last night. Kekic looks in, takes the side. Yankees out in front, five to three. Bombers have ten hits in the ball game. The pitch, Severson looks, it's high. Two balls and one strike. Duke Sims with two home runs tonight. They're just in the fourth inning. I, so I presume he hit him his first two times up. He also had two home runs in uh, last night's ball game for Cleveland. Mm. Possibility of four for four. Pitch is inside. Ball three. I do not know at which turns at bat he hit his home runs last night, but he did have two in that game, and he has two tonight. With that game being just in the fourth, I would presume, Phil, even with five runs across, he did hit him his first two times. Oh, I would say so. I know he hit one in the first inning. All right, 3-1 pitch to Severson. It is ball four, gets through Munson to the backstop, but it bounds back. Munson retrieves it, and Severson will get no further than first base. That is the first walk given up by Kekic and the first walk in the series given up by a Yankee pitcher. That base on ball sends Ralph Alk out to the mound. As we said, this is as far as Kekic has gone in any game this year. So he may be tiring a bit. Alk wants to go out and be sure, and of course we don't know what conversation might have transpired between Kekic and Halk in the dugout, and Halk is going to make a pitching change right here. I was a little surprised, uh, Frank, to see Kekic run so hard down to first base on that ground ball for two reasons. One, it's been a long game, and with the rain delay, and uh, also he had pulled a hamstring muscle running hard down to first base early in the year. Not that that took so much out of him, but he has not had an easy ball game, even though he's only walked one man. That was his first walk of the night. Can you see who's coming on? Jack Akers. So Kekic goes six innings plus one batter. He has given up three runs, seven hits. This is the only walk. And Kekic registered five strikeouts in the six innings he pitched. And Jack Aker will come on to take over. Aker has been a busy man, as have uh, the top three Yankee relief pitchers this year. This will be Aker's 18th game. Steve Hamilton has been in 16. Lindy McDaniel has been in 20, and there's the hand for Kekich as he comes off the mound. <laughs> Aker has a record of two wins, one loss, nine saves. In 31 innings, he has pitched to an earned run average of 2.06. Aker last pitched in the series at Minnesota on the 30th. He'll come on with the potential tying run at the plate. Aker pitched in that uh, 10 to 6 Yankee loss. He went one and two thirds innings, gave up one run, five hits. Did not walk anybody and uh, did not strike out anybody. 
we have a final score from Washington. Senators have edged the Chicago White Sox five to four. Joe Coleman gets the win. He is four and three. And Tommy John, the loser, he is four and eight. And Bill, out in Oakland, the Baltimore Orioles are going to send the left-hander, Mike Cuellar, against Roland Fingers of the Oakland A's. Cuellar pitched quite a ball game his last time out. Somebody's got to stop those birds. Well, right now, Aker is ready to work to L.A. Rodriguez. The pitcher, Bergmeier, is on deck. Rodriguez is one for two in this ball game and three for six in the series. At first base, Rich Severson, the set on the pitch. Lone outside, knocked down by Munson. One ball and no strikes. Bergmeier is on deck. He's been up only one time and does not have a base hit. 1-0 pitch. On the inside corner, a strike. 1-1. One one. Well, we'll see whether or not Bergmeier bats. It may very well depend on what Rodriguez does in this turn. Aker to the belt. Turns it loose. He's outside and low ball. 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Yankees lead 5-3 here in the top half of the seventh inning. Rich Severson down at first base. Cater is not holding the runner on. He is playing it halfway, protecting the line against the possible base hit. The set, the pitch. Breaking pitch is swung on and missed. Strike two, and the count is even. Two balls, two strikes to Ellie Rodriguez. Rodriguez stepped away, looked back at the plate umpire, George Maloney, and asked if it was a good pitch, and he was assured that it was. It would have been a strike had he not taken the cut. Two-two pitch for Maker. Fouled back toward the on-deck circle. Count holds, two balls, two strikes. Yankees tonight trying to make it two in a row over the Kansas City Royals and move five games above the 500 mark. Baker takes his time. Checks with Munson on the sign. To the belt and pitches. And it's hit on the ground to shortstop. Gene Michael, he flips the Clark out at second. Back to first base. Double play. A double play, 6-4-3. And the Yankees come up with another big defensive play in this ball game. On New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. The pitcher Bergmeier will bat for himself. He's a left-hand hitter. You know, they used him as a pinch hitter a couple of times, Frank, I remember. Last year, yeah. Uh-huh. He swings and misses, strike one. I recall seeing him last year, Phil. He was a mighty fine-looking athlete. He pitched an excellent ball game against the Yankees in relief and swung the bat pretty well. 
No balls in the strike time. They plan to pull on the infield. He swings and misses. Big curveball for strike two. Aker bends down to pick up the sign. Arms high. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Strike three. So on three pitches, Bergmeyer strikes out, and Aker puts out the fire in the seventh. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left. And now at the end of the top half of the seventh inning, the score, the New York Yankees five and the Kansas City Royals three. Take Me Out to the Ball Game has been the popular chant of millions of Americans for generations, but few have enjoyed a close-up of the baseball scene as Mark Michael describes it in the June issue of Jack and Jill magazine. Mark is the seven-year-old son of New York Yankee shortstop Gene Michael, one of the best infielders in baseball today. Boys and girls will read of the excitement of watching a game at Yankee Stadium and the glamour in the life of a professional baseball player. Children will share the thrill of going through the Hall of Fame, of sitting in the dugout or swinging one of the professional bats. My Father is a New York Yankee is not just another sports story. It's a moving commentary of a warm relationship between a boy and his dad and a happy way of life in one American household. the final game of this three-game series tomorrow night here at the stadium at 8 o'clock. It'll be Stan Bonson for the Yankees and uh, Jim Rooker, the left-hander for Kansas City. And Rooker, if you heard Frank uh, mention last night, has driven in five runs in one game. Something I didn't know, so we'll look for him, not only pitching, but up at the plate. I think, uh, I don't know whether he started as an outfielder, but I know he's been used as a pinch hitter. He was on deck to bat last night. I believe when the last out was registered in the ballgame. Here is Jerry Kenny to lead off the bottom half of the seventh. The windup on the pitch to Kenny. Low and outside, a fastball from Bergmeyer, ball one. Kenny is one for three tonight after going two for two last night. So he has three hits in five trips in this series. Plus a walk and a sacrifice fly to drive in a run. He hits this one on one hop right back to the mound. Bergmeyer has it, flips it over to first base, and there's one away. So Bergmeyer, since coming on, following Danny Cater's home run in the fifth inning, has now retired six men in a row. The batter is Bobby Mercer, two for three tonight. A single, and he scored a run in the third inning. He tripled with one out and scored a run in the fifth. Mercer's triple hit the top of the auxiliary scoreboard in right center. He hits this one, a ton to center field, chasing after it, Otis, and he makes the catch on the run to retire Mercer. Amos Otis had to give that one a long run, going back and to his right. Two down, and Roy White steps in. Roy is two for three tonight. Singled in the third, double to drive Mercer home in the fifth, and White scored on Danny Cater's long home run to left field. Fastball is inside at the knees, ball one. The wind up by Bergmeyer in the pitch. Gets the plate for a strike, one and one.
Yankees leading 5-3. Bottom half of the seventh inning. Two outs, not on. Bergmeier's pitch is inside again. Two balls and one strike. This game had a 20-minute rain delay. And through first half of the game, it rained off and on steadily here at the stadium. 2-1 pitch. Foul back on the screen to our right. Two balls and two strikes. White batting right-handed for the first time tonight. And the pitch to him. He takes it for strike three call. Breaking pitch over about shoulder high. And White is caught looking. Three up, three down. Nothing across for the Yankees. And at the end of seven, the score is New York five and Kansas City three. Here it is. One more big reason why it's a pleasure to shop Grand Union. The big news this week, USDA choice, bottom round roast or boneless cross rib roast. Two top cuts of beef, Grand Union beef. So they're all solid meat, absolutely no waste. Bottom round roast, boneless cross rib roast. At Grand Union, just 89 cents a pound. That's right, 89 a pound. You can't buy this quality for this price anywhere but at Grand Union. Grand Union! If you want to live life really refreshed, give yourself the real taste of Coke. Buy Coca-Cola in returnable bottles and don't litter the landscape. Your Coca-Cola bottler reminds you to help keep America beautiful. Defensive change for the Yankees. Ron Woods has come on to play right field, replacing Kurt Bluffery. And we go to the eighth inning. The top of the order comes on for the Kansas City Royals. That means Pat Kelly... Jack Hernandez and Amos Otis. Jack Aker trying to register his 10th save of the year and preserve this victory for Mike Kekic. Yankees out in front, 5-3. Yankees five runs, 10 hits. The Royals three runs on seven. It has been an errorless ball game through the first seven innings. Kelly... Has grounded out all three times up. Once to Cater, once to the pitcher Kekic, and once to Clark at second. Left-hand batter, Aker winds, kicks and deals. Kelly takes long away, ball one. Aker bends down, picks up the sign for Munson, delivers the 1-0 pitch. Swung on, ground ball, hit to Cater at first base. He's up with it, makes the play unassisted. And for the fourth time in a row, Kelly grounds out. The batter now will be Jack Hernandez, the shortstop. Hernandez has struck out, grounded out to Michael at short, and flied to Mercer in center. Yankees lead it 5-3. The three... Kansas City runs have been driven in by Otis on a homer, Keough, and Rodriguez with singles. Breaking pitches over, strike call, nothing and one to the right-hand hitting Jack Hernandez.
Hernandez has stepped away from the plate, now moves back in. Kenny plays him in very tight at third base to protect against the bunt. The pitch coming. He bluffs the bunt, takes it outside, one and one. So Jerry Kenny thinking right along with the right hand hitting Hernandez. Gene Michael fairly well over in the hole. Outfield shallow in center and right. White and left field straight away. And the one-one pitch to him. Hernandez looks it over and it's wide. Ball two, two balls, one strike. Yankees lead five-three. Got a noisy crowd here tonight, Bill. You know, you get a night like this where uh, it's raining all over the area. You know the fans that turn out are Hardy fans and true baseball fans. Two-one pitch, swing and a miss on the fastball, strike two. Folks come out in groups, a lot of people come alone, but uh, those who come alone are not alone once they get into the ballpark. They find many kindred souls. 2-2 pitch to Hernandez. He bunts it off the third base side of the mound. Aker cannot field it, and he is on. Jack Aker came off, slipped in the wet grass, and Aker will be charged with an error. And you can't say that Hernandez surprised everybody with that bunt because Aker came off the mound in a flash but slipped on the wet grass and then couldn't handle it. That is the first error of the ball game, so the Royals have a man at first, one away, and they bring up Amos Otis. Otis pulled a home run into the seats in left field, his sixth of the year in the first inning. Since then, he has bounced back to the pitcher and grounded out to Michael at short. Michael again pulls way over in the hole against him. White plays a deep left field over toward the corner. Mercer is straight away in center. The pitch inside almost hit him. Out in right field, Ron Woods is shaded over toward the Yankee bullpen area. And Woods in right is fairly deep. Taylor holds against the base runner, Hernandez at first. Kenny is backed off, protecting the line at third. Aker, very short stretch. Delivers, and it is over but low. Two balls and no strikes to Amos Otis. Otis, one of, uh, well, a few players in the American League this year to come up with as many as five hits in a ball game. Two-nothing pitch. Line foul off the left side. To my knowledge, uh, five players in the American League have had as many as five hits in a ball game. Otis being one of them. Yankees' Horace Clark did it. Al Kaline of the Tigers. Rod Drew of Minnesota. I believe the last one to do it was Aparicio, the White Sox shortstop, in that 22-13 ball game last uh, Sunday in Boston. I think there were two White Sox players that had five hits in that game. All right. Pitch is taken for a strike, two and two. I think Louie had five for five, and I'm trying to think of the other one who had five for seven. Could have been... Uh, Walt, Walt, no, Nick Williams. This is Williams, that's team. right. That's right behind us. That right a boy. That's who I did, that's right. Walter Williams did have five hits in that game. That's the kind of fans to have, boy, right on the ball. That's right. Two balls and two strikes. 
to Amos Otis. Here's the pitch. He fouls it off to the on-deck circle, and it is flagged down by Bob Oliver. You know, that's a funny feeling. You're talking about something. You're trying to find out something. You hear some voice in the back. You look up say, who's calling? <laughs> Very interesting. You can't like Lou Pinelli. You're looking up now. <laughs> you know why I'm looking up? It's starting to rain again. Uh-oh, sure is. I didn't even notice it. Two balls and two strikes to Otis. Fernandez at first. Here's the pitch. He hits it on the ground toward Michael at short. Gene flips the clock out at second back to first base. No play there, and Cater made a fine save of a ball that was thrown very wide. Cater dove for it and came up with it. Had Cater not come up with it, that ball had a chance of going into the dugout, which would have given the runner Otis an extra base. Fernandez is out on the force. Michael to Clark. Otis becomes the base runner, and with two outs, Bob Oliver is the batter. Oliver is two for three. Walt Williams in Sunday's game went five for seven. Ian Aparicio will be in here for the White Sox series this weekend. Two outs, a man on. Yankees lead 5-3. Pitch to Oliver. Breaking pitch. He is swung on and fouled at the feet of Thurman Munson. Strike one. Oliver struck out to end the first inning. Then he singled to center field and scored a run in the fourth. Singled to left field in the sixth. Akers sets. Kicks and deals. Breaking pitches inside. One ball and one strike. One ball and one strike to the right-hand hitting Oliver. Lou Pinella is on deck. Aker turns it loose. It is swung on. Fly ball is hit out of the center field. Mercer trying to outrun it. Reaches up and makes a one-hand catch. Way, way out in straightaway center field. Bobby Mercer going back for all he was worth. And that ball stayed up in the air long enough for him to get to it. He caught it over his head, going back as hard as he could go. Fine catch by Mercer in center to retire the side. No runs, no hits. A Yankee error and a man left at the end of seven and a half. It's the New York Yankees 5 and Kansas City 3. Low-cost savings bank life insurance presents another chapter of Ashton Alley. Yesterday we learned that Scarlett Hackbart, the southern belle who married domineering Hiram Hackbart, has been pining for her girlhood days in Bogalusa. We left as Scarlett's innermost feelings boiled to the surface after 27 years. Hiram, my innermost feelings are boiling to the surface. After 27 years... I miss the Magnolia and the Bogalusa Light Infantry Ball. They have so much in Bogalusa. Yes, but they don't have low-cost savings bank life insurance. They don't have SBLI's top quality protection at low cost. They don't have SBLI's variety of plans. You have to live or work in New York State to get that kind of life insurance, Scarlett. Hiram, isn't there more to life than low-cost savings bank life insurance? Hmm. Let me think about that. Stay tuned to this station for another chapter of Ashton Alley, brought to you by low-cost savings bank life insurance. Available at Schenectady Savings Bank, where Clinton crosses state, or at 2525 Broadway. Danny Cater will lead off as we go to the bottom half of the eighth inning. Cater's home run in the fifth. 
with White on, put the Yankees in the lead 5-3. He takes Hineaway, ball one. Gator grounded into a force play in the first inning, and again in the third, both times to the shortstop. Then hit a two-run homer his last time up. Pitch is in there for a call strike, one and one. Gator's homer was the last hit off the starter, Dick Drago. It was after the home run that Bergmeyer came in, and Bergmeyer has retired eight men in a row. The pitch to Gator, swing and a foul off the shin guards of the catcher, Rodriguez. A ball and two strikes. Bergmeyer set down eight Yankees in a row, has registered two strikeouts. Yankees lead 5-3. Ron Woods is on deck. The windup, the one-two pitch to Cater. He lines it out toward right center field, and it is caught on a running catch by the right fielder, Kelly. Pat Kelly closing ground in a hurry. Well, he's got to be one of the fastest outfielders in the league. No doubt about it. Boy, I tell you that, Danny Cater. Every time he hits the ball, it's right on the nose, whether it's a ground ball or a line drive or the home run. It's exciting to watch. Kelly made a fine catch out there. Now Ron Wood steps in, batting for the first time tonight. Hits the first pitch back off the right leg of the pitcher. Bergmeyer's after it. Throws to first base. He's out. Quick recovery by the pitcher Bergmeyer. On a shot off his right leg, it bounced well over toward third base. Bergmeyer fielded it and threw out the speedy Woods at first base. Well, that's two fine defensive plays as you'll ever want to see in any ball game. The one by Pat Kelly and this one by Bergmeyer. Because he, as Frank said, was hit hard right off the leg and it bounded away from him. And he was like a cat pecking it up on that wet grass and threw him out. Two down. And now Thurman Munson steps in. Thurman is 0 for 3 tonight. Called out on strikes. Foul to the first baseman and bounced back to the pitcher. Bergmeyer delivers. Munson takes high. Ball one. One and all the count to Thurman Munson. Bergmeyer fires. Munson takes high and outside. Ball two. Gene Michael on deck. The Yankees lead 5-3 here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Looking to the top of the ninth, Pinella, Keogh, and Severson will be due up in that order for Kansas City. Munson swings and fouls one back for a strike, two and one. Bergmeyer looking down to Ellie Rodriguez for the sign. Left hander pumps high. Here's the pitch. Fastball foul back on the netting. And it's two balls and two strikes to Thurman Munson. The Orioles and the Athletics have completed one inning in Oakland and they are scoreless. And Oakland has gone out in front now, one to nothing in the second, as Frank Fernandez has just hit a home run, we're told. And it's confirmed. 2-2 pitch to Munson. He reaches out for a change-up curve and fouls it back just into the mezzanine off to our right. No 
Carlos Fernandez's second home run of the year. Now check that, his fourth home run of the year. I beg your pardon. Two balls and two strikes to Munson. The pitch, fastball hit in the air out into left field. Lou Pinella waiting for it, makes a one-hand catch, and the side is retired. Three up, three down, nothing across. And out the end of eight full innings of play, the score, the New York Yankees five and the Kansas City Royals three. The Arco Circle. It's on the north slope of Alaska, 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Finding oil there is hard. Getting it out of the ground is almost impossible. The men of Atlantic Richfield do the impossible. They work 12 hours a day in 45 degree below zero temperatures. They go through $10 worth of gloves a week and a $30 pair of boots a month. They work in the dark most of the year. And they work hard. Why do they come here to drill for oil? Well, the pay's good. The food's good. And besides, nobody ever did it before. Atlantic Richfield went all the way to Alaska to provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car. We go now to the ninth inning. Lou Pinella, Joe Keogh, and Rich Severson view up for the Kansas City Royals. Pinella has two for three tonight. He went two for four last night. Fine catch by Kurt Bleffery. Took another base hit and possibly a home run away from him in the sixth inning. Pinella hit the ball deep to the right field corner and Bleffery on the run near the seats made a one-hand catch over his head. Yankees leading five to three. Series winds up tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Bonson for the Yankees and Jim Rucker, a left-hander, will pitch for Kansas City. Jack Aker winds his pitch. Swing and a miss by Pinella. Strike one. Pinella went fishing for a breaking ball. Turned his back on the plate, walked away, now steps back in. Scuffling the dirt around with his right foot. Rain still coming down. Well, this game will be finished, I feel sure. The wind-up, and here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Akers' fastball has a sinking tendency, and he had Pinella swinging over the top of it. Now the 0-2 pitch. Breaking pitch low and outside. One ball and two strikes. the end of two, Oakland one, Baltimore nothing. The Fernandez home run, the only scoring. One-two pitch to Pinella. Fouled it back off the barrel end of the bat. Just a tip end. Count holds one ball, two strikes. Yankees lead it five to three. Swing and a miss by Pinella, strike three. Oh, Jack Aker. 
Picks up his second strikeout since coming out in relief of starter Mike Kekich in the seventh inning. Now the left-hand hitting Joe Keogh. Robbed of a base hit by Gene Michael in the second. He singled in the fourth and grounded into a force play in the sixth. He bunts and misses strike one. Michael has made two sparkling plays on Keogh. He threw him out in the second inning. And in the sixth, Michael took his ground ball and turned it into a force play at second as he and Clark came up with a dandy. One strike pitch. He bounces it, foul off the first baseline. No balls, two strikes. Yankees leading 5-3, top half of the ninth inning. Aker came on in relief following a walk to Severson in the seventh. Pitch is cut on, bounced foul again. Flagged down this time by... Danny Carnevale, the first base coach. Count holds 0-2 on Keogh. Rich Severson is on deck. Aker looking down the lane to Munson. Arms high. He turns it loose. Fastball is lined out in the left field. It's going to be in for the base hit. Roy White comes up with the ball, and uh, Keogh is on with an opposite field single. That makes Keogh two for four in the game. Blake Severson may have been called back, and they will use Ed Kirkpatrick as a pinch hitter for Rich Severson. Ed Kirkpatrick. See what Kirkpatrick is doing for the year. Shows a batting average of 227. But he has hit seven home runs and has 20 runs batted in. He got off to a quick start, Frank. He had those very early in the season. It's funny how certain players get hot early in the year and carry a club and other players come along. And but he's always dangerous with that short right field porch here, left-hand batter. Kirkpatrick started in right field, played the entire ball game last night. He went over four, struck out twice, flied to right, and uh, grounded into a force play. Left-hand hitter. Kirkpatrick as a pinch hitter this year is 0 for 7. Pitch to him. Line drive. Caught by Clark. No play at first. Boy, he got around on that one, and Clark had him played just right. Well, over to the right side of the diamond, reached out and speared it. On New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Two down, and now Ali Rodriguez, the catcher. Keo at first. The set by Aker, and here's the pitch to Rodriguez. Breaking pitch drops in for a strike. That ball hit by Kirkpatrick was really walloped so hard that after Clark made the catch, 
There was no chance to double Keogh up. He had no chance to take more than a step and a half. 0-1 pitch. Inside gets away from Munson. That will move Keogh down to second. So Keogh is at second. We'll get the official scorers ruling. It's charged as a passed ball to Thurman Munson. is the fourth pass ball charged to Munson this year. One ball and one strike to Ali Rodriguez. Aker checks Keogh and delivers. Curve is hit on the ground is short. Michael has it. The throw to first base. The ball game is over. The Yankees win it five to three. Rodriguez grounds out. Michael to Cater. In the ninth inning for the Royals, no runs, one hit, no errors, one man is left on base. I'll be back with the totals and the recap in just a moment. The final score again, the New York Yankees five and Kansas City three. of Brazilian power lines in celebration of the Brazilian power sale at your Atlantic service stations. Import a Brazilian bathhouse in an elegant jacquard weave for only $1.29. <laughs> oh, and the beach towel for only $2.99. And get this, amigo, when you buy the bath mat for only $2.49, you get a hand towel free. Yay, yay, yay. Each towel comes in avocado or gold. You can get one with every purchase of gasoline at a participating Atlantic station. Pretty soon, you'll have enough for your own Brazilian towel dance. Oh, you don't know how? It's simple. You dance to the rhythm of drying your back with a towel. No purchase required in New Jersey. Get the Atlantic station. You've just heard one of the... Totals on the ball game. For the New York Yankees, five runs, ten hits, and one error. For the Kansas City Royals, three runs, eight hits, and no errors. The winning pitcher is Mike Kekich. His record is two and one. The loser, Dick Drago, three and four. So the Yankees, five runs, ten hits, and one error. Kansas City, three runs, eight hits, and no errors. Mike Kekich gets the win. He is two and one. Dick Drago, the loser, three and four, and Jack Aker gets the save, his tenth of the year. A quick look at the scoring innings. The Royals broke on top with a run in the first inning with two outs. Amos Otis homered to the seats in left field, his sixth home run of the year, and the Royals led one nothing. The Yankees took the lead with two runs on three hits in the third. After Kekich, the pitcher struck out. Clark singled. Kenny bounced out to the pitcher. Then Mercer singled to drive in a run. And Roy White singled to get Mercer home. Mercer had taken second base as the throw came from right field on Clark, but they didn't get him at the plate. Mercer went to second and scored on White single. The Yankees led 2-1. to one. The Royals 
Got the lead back in the fourth with one out. Singles by Oliver and Pinella and Akio produced a one run. And Ellie Rodriguez drove in another with a base hit to center field. On Rodriguez's single, Joe Keo was thrown out at third base, but the run scored just before the out was made. The Yankees came back to win the ball game in the fifth. With one out, Mercer tripled off the top of the auxiliary scoreboard in right center. Roy White drove him home with a double to center field to tie the ball game up. And a moment later, Danny Cater unloaded his fourth home run of the season about five rows deep into the seats in left field to win it for the Yankees. So well, that's the story on the ball game. A home run by Danny Cater was uh, one of the key blows at the plate. Of course, don't take away the triple from Mercer, the white uh, double, and the white single earlier. The runs batted in by Mercer, one. Roy White had a pair of RBIs, and Cater knocked in the other two with the homer. And some fine defensive plays in the ball game. Two more sparkling plays at shortstop by Gene Michael, and a fine catch by Bluffery on the ball hit by Pinella out into right field. Series winds up tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Stan Bonson goes for the Yankees, and the left-hander Tom Rooker will be on the mound for the Kansas City Royals. Once again, the final score tonight, the New York Yankees 5 and the Kansas City Royals 3. And now this is Frank Musser speaking for Phil Rizzuto, for Bob Gamere, for our producer Bob Stenner, our statistician Bill Kane, and our technician Sandy Alper, saying so long from Yankee Stadium in New York. <laughs>